0: Staying well out of John Lomax's way, it's the Rugby League Cemetery. We're bad and mean, the green machine. We hit them hard, so they see green. We're big and strong, we're fast and lean. That's why we're called the green machine.
1: We're the bad and mean green machine. some man from the ACT.
0: Don't try and stop these men in green, cause we'll hit ya, hit ya, hit ya, and you'll see green. Yes, this is the Rugby League Cemetery, and my humble apologies for the absence, my very good friends. Uh, It's been a few weeks; we haven't been able to get a podcast out. Uh, You know, you know how it is—everybody living busy lives uh, in this twenty-first century coronavirus world. But uh, we're back, and can I say back with a vengeance? Because we're going back to nineteen ninety-four to the preliminary final between Canberra and North Sydney, in front of forty-one thousand nine hundred and forty-one at the Sydney Football Stadium. Canberra twenty-two, North Sydney nine. Uh, Bears fans, I—I I mean, we've, we you know that you, you know that we love you, uh, and and you know that we we wouldn't do anything to hurt you. So I'm just going to put this out there straight away. Um, this might be a good one to, to turn off. I know we've been away for a few weeks, but it might be it might be worth waiting another week or two uh, to get our next episode in. Now, uh, <clears throat> and the reason I say that is that North Sydney in this match—if uh, ever you had an example of uh, of Norths in the '90s. Uh, and things not quite going their way, should we say? Uh, this is a match in which North Sydney see their opponents have a player sent off, and within about half an hour, they themselves end up at a one-man disadvantage. Uh, and Gazzy
1: they're in that's... front too when the, when this first send off. Yeah, <laughs> <that explain>? yeah. <laughs> um,
0: I just, I, I people talk about this game. It's kind of it does have a kind mm. of cult, cult legendary status. Uh, I Mm. must say, we're going to give give this a crack over the next hour or so. We're going to try and do this justice, but without watching it, it's very hard to do justice quite how helter-skelter and mad this 80 minutes of football is.
1: Absolutely. Um, It's good to be back. I'm hot to trot. I'm good to go. Itching it out of my seat. And this was one to come back with. I'll tell you what, this was one of the most enjoyable games we've got to see because it was just totally, totally mad. It's this mix of this... uh, classic sort of calamitous bears things going on, but trying their backsides off. And then this absolutely absurd Raiders outfit with just um, poetry sort of football. <laughs> yeah. You just barely, I, I, I just worry about trying to describe one of the tries in particular. I just don't feel that it could be done any justice at all. And um, and it's just like these two, this wonderful side, this hardworking bullocking side, and then this like, insane series of events like refereeing calls and, you know, stuff that happens in the game just combines to just give you this completely mad event that, you know, the scoreline um, doesn't reflect how good this game was or how insane this game was.
0: No, you're looking at you know, 22-9. geez, that mustn't have been much of a game, um, but you're absolutely right. It, some of the football Canberra play is just astonishing. Um, mm. and, and the Bears, like you say, they play some good footy as well. And they, mm. the, the thing about them is the, the reason that they, the reason that we keep doing their games on the cemetery, and the reason we keep uh, covering losses of theirs on the cemetery, is that they were such a good side, you know. And people kind of—it's—it's it's easy to go, ah, oh, you know, the poor old bears, but they were a really good football team, and they got into these games and competed in them and and made classics of them because they were such a good team. Um, and that—that's happening yeah, well, again here, you know.
1: It's a good point because it's very it's very stereotypical to talk about bottlings and this and that. And, and of course, the, that happens because they have two very good goal kickers that miss goals on big days. And then you get a send off in this game when you're in front in the first half. Um, and th- that's just a sign that it's your day. But when you actually look at, there's probably four famous games. Um, there's the, uh, there's of course the one we covered versus Penrith. Yeah. Also uh, then there's there's the Zurab
0: the Zurab miracle. Zurob yep.
1: miracle. Yeah. Then there's this one, and there's sort of then there's the Newcastle Knights one in ninety uh, in ninety seven, and there's yeah. of course the ninety six one where the Dragons come from six and get them. And with the exception of the Dragons ones, you could almost say when you look back on it, Penrith one of the sides of the era, and and they beat the Bears and and. Sort sort of like, you know, win the competition. The Raiders are arguably the best club side ever in 1994. And and, and Newcastle, you know, have Andrew Johns and kick on in the next few years, be minor premiers and a joint comp or equal minor premiers and joint comp, win a comp a few years later and sort of, you know, have an immortal. So as you say, when you say that in these games, cause they're very good. So they didn't lose to a lot of mugs. The Dragons one no. possibly being the exception is that in hindsight, you can sort of forgive teams for losing to sort of the 97 Knights, the 94 Raiders in particular. And uh, of course the 91 Panthers. It's, yeah. You know. and to,
0: that, That's it. Like it is kind of, People, I think people now talk about the Bears as this kind of this mob of battlers who kind of got it, but and that's look that's true to an extent. But they were also a very good team. You, you, like if you go through their side that they turn out on this uh, on this day, there's a lot of absolute like gold class footballers in that team. Mm. Um, and and they, as you say, they're in front when the when the send off madness starts, and they're really sticking it to the Raiders, who who are one of the great teams of all time. Uh, I might go through a bit of background to this game. Uh, Canberra scored 146 tries in 1994, uh, Mm. and that only got them to third, (laughs) Um, which is (laughs) quite – this was a real – this is an era in the game, isn't it? About 92 Mm. to, say, 95, 96 is this Mm. era where there are just these incredible sides running around, and you regularly see – Scum,
1: yeah. Like like, incredible and scum, both ends. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And so you regularly see this logjam top five where Brisbane – Win, have to win the comp from fifth in their era that everybody thinks they're always going to win the comp you know they, mm-hmm. like you've, got, you've got Saints and the Roosters saying "Oh, we're going to have to uh, merge so that we can compete with Brisbane but Brisbane only finished fifth on the regular table and things like that <laughs> yeah. this is another one of those years uh, the Raiders finished third seven eight wins 5 losses plus 677 minus 298 uh, only got them to the 34 points they kind of hovered around the 5 and then won 8 in a row uh, in the middle of the season, and that only took them from fourth to third, uh, which gives you an idea of the, the way <laughs> that the, the imbalance in the comp, that you there were so many sides at the top who were winning every week. Uh, they'd previously played the Bears. The Bears played Canberra in the first week of the semis in that second versus third game in the top five system, and they got them 26-12. Uh, but then they lost to Canterbury in 1918 in the second week of the finals. So they, which which put them into the preliminary. So they had to go the long way. Had to win four games to win the comp in '94. Um, I just want to take you through, and you know, regular listeners of this show and uh, people who you know love football from this era will know this, but I'm just going to read it out again because I think it just bears mentioning of the incredible dominance and success of this Raiders side. Losing grand finalists in '87, third in '88, preliminary for uh, premiers in '89 premiers in 90 losing grand finalists in 91 uh then inexplicably came 12th in 1992 um but hang on oh yeah and then uh third in 1993 um incidentally uh that loss to canterbury i just want to bring to your attention that uh, they were beaten by a daryl halligan field goal Wow, that's on! Yeah, so Halligan, uh, who in '91, of course, misses repeatedly in front for uh, for Penrith, uh, for Norths against Penrith, gets himself right to put a field goal over to win a clutch game, but not for the Bears. Does it for the Does it for the Bulldogs? Yeah. Uh, a yeah, couple of years that. later. Um, very young side: uh, Mullins, twenty-two; Daly, twenty-four; Clyde, twenty-four; Wiki, twenty-one. Uh, mm. A lot of young, good young players in this team. Uh, it's funny, isn't it? Like. This Raiders side, you almost would have thought, you look at them now, this is the last comp that they win. Mm. Uh, it's, it, it's kind of... And, and the last grand final that they make. Uh, yeah. As it, with this this great side. You would have thought with Daly, Mullins, Clyde, and WikiBase so young, they might have really... Like, they could have really... This is the end of the Canberra dynasty. It really could have been yeah. the middle.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, um, there's a few things. I'm glad you mentioned that, because I did want to talk a little bit about that. And there's probably a few things... That, that should be mentioned. Um, firstly, that like we have this sense now, as you've said, like this is this dynasty. So this is sort of, you know, um, there's a bit of a, a, a Wayne Benedy, sort of Craig Bellamy knock on Sheens until the Tigers. I know he sort of probably exercised that at the Tigers, but to a larger extent, they go, oh yeah, the Canberra ones, he just had, you know, such a good team. But what happened here a little bit is that they got done for salary cap things after the, um, after the sort of run of three grand finals in, in a row. Um, and, and then what, what sort of happened after that, or a few grand finals in a row, sorry. And then, um, they, they then got, uh, they lost Lazarus and they lost a couple of forwards. Like they lost Brent Todd. They lost a heap of their forwards. And they sort of, um, in a similar way to what they've ended up doing now with Ricky and the Englishman, he had to really go sort of searching for sort of, they didn't have any money because they'd spent it all on, on, on Mal and Ricky. And like, rightfully, that's how the mm. camp was supposed to work. That's why they were over it. But they've sort of tried to, had to come up with clever ways to to fix this. And he sort of came up by finding Lomax and Ponga sort of out of nowhere. Like he came up with this idea of grabbing these New Zealand sort of blokes and these, um, these hard sort of blokes that weren't really names in the game and sort of like fashioning himself a bit of an unfashionable front row and a few like sort of clever picks that then really brought them back to the top of the tree again, um, which was, you know, a good feat of coaching because you can drop off in those sorts of scenarios. And a lot like a Craig Bellamy, I suppose, who's had to deal with since they had to be under the cap, he's had to deal with, you know, losing, um, they tend to like, they get a Wittop or something and he leaves. He get an English has to leave. They, they bring in a good player and he, and um, Corabidi's one, they bring in good wingers and have to leave them and they've got to find them. And he did a good job this, this sort of year of finding the parts around his side. He lost uh, Sean Hoppy, who was a rep player the year before and found sort of Nandruku and, and he through. So he did a really good job. Of that in bringing them through that year, and you're right, it is a really young side. Um, Mullins, of course, scored nine tries in three games that year in a stretch, so mm. I think that warrants notice, noting. Um, while we're on, yeah. how good they were just but a lazy yeah, twenty, I, I think,
0: just, just a lazy twenty-two tries for Mullins in 1994. Jared, uh, Jason Croker also twenty-two mm. tries.
1: Yeah. Mullins was a record for, for a fullback until Reece Wesser broke it. Hey, there season. you go. So, but the, the, I think, uh, what I, you know, you've just brought it up, but I think what might have happened to them a little bit, this is probably a couple of factors, and this might be another one where Super League comes in, where yeah. we talk about it hurting Mullins and hurting a few of them, is that with, with the advent of Super League, they sort of end up lose, losing Tim Sheens. Um, and with all due respect to Mal Meninga, I know yeah. who I'd want coaching my club side. And, you know, I know he's got a great record at Origin and everything else. But I don't think anyone's any, in, under any dissolution of the tactical or on-field sort of input that Mal had. He's a very good figurehead of, of that team. And coaching Origin's a bit like that. You know, you're coaching good players and inspiring them and all that. But at a club level, week to week, and sort yeah. of bringing through young players and doing all that, I don't think Tim Sheen's to Mal is a... Uh, necessarily an upgrade. And I don't think that would have happened without Super League. You sort of thought Tim Cheens had a bit of a job for life, the way the Raiders (laughs) were going. Um, And and probably the other one is just, uh, you see the first few signs of it probably in the next year or two is that Laurie Daly starts to get a little bit of a reputation from these last few years of really turning on at Origin, but sort of passing a lot in club footy and not doing that dynamic running anymore. His knee was a bit cooked and he sort of starts to run the ball. There's probably the last year or two and a bit into the next year where he really runs the ball a lot and is that dominant sort of five eighty and he starts to whilst he's still very good, his knee's pretty cooked and he's passing a lot, doing the kicking and, and contributing in other ways. Um, and, of course, Ricky um, Ricky had missed – a year or two earlier, Ricky missed the finals, broke his leg when they were right up the top. And then after this year, he has a pretty serious injury around 97 and ends up at the Bulldogs. So I guess just with the Super League distraction, the coach goes, the halfbacks been you know, to and fro with ARL Super League, does has an injury, Laurie's just coming down, and you replace them with the Supermax, that that sort of <laughs>
0: – Yeah, my answer, yeah there's know, a, real so sense, <laughs> a real sense that coming Supermax in for Ricky Stewart – um, well,
1: look, look, just if we get to the Sheens point, I might make the comment. I personally think that Tim Sheens would have come up with a better answer to Laurie Daly and Ricky Stewart leaving than, this, than necessarily the super max with Laurie Daly at lock. But that's just me.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's entirely reasonable. Um, so, yeah, 146 tries and 994 for the Canberra Raiders. A fair bit of attack out there. Uh, North's finished ahead of the... I love rugby league. North's finished ahead of Canberra on the table with 88 tries.
1: Yeah, it's good that, yeah.
0: But they, they scored one hundred, uh, 160 points fewer through the season, uh, but mm-hmm. won 17, lost four and had a draw. So that draw got them over the top on 35 points. They won seven in a row to start the season and then won nine in a row from rounds 12 to 20. Um, Good record, yeah. isn't it? A, yeah, but they went, uh, through, mm. they went through the whole month of May without winning. So they've gone seven in <laughs> a row, then had a month of no wins and then bang nine in a row.
1: Yeah, that's good that. You wonder what that what was going right there. It's funny, isn't it? You know, um, when you look at premiership seasons, I know they don't win the comp, but when you look at good teams who go deep, tend it, it to finish top four even now, and then when you look at teams that win the comp, quite often there are big streaks. You, you do, they might have lost three in a row somewhere, but it's very rare you see the patchy sides that go one and white, two wins and a loss, loss and a win, loss and a win, win-win, loss and a win all the way through. Yeah. They just don't do it. The good teams tend to be able to be the ones that can really streak good runs of form together and then they you hope they do it at the right time it's, it's happened a lot I mean, Cronulla won the comp they lost their first four but then they just run hot and the cowboys ran really hot the year they won it. and it, it's a bit of a thing isn't it like those streaks yeah. are coming up a lot when you run through the stats of the teams that come right up the top or make a
0: grand final so that's what you have got to do in the finals right you're mm. going, to be good, yeah. going to be at a high level for week after week after yep. week um, exactly. you can't kind of be yeah. hot and cold in the in the semis uh the North, as I say, they lost to Canberra in the first week of the semis and then they beat Brisbane 15-14 in that beautiful game we watched uh, for this mm. program a few weeks ago where Jason Taylor kicked a wonderful field goal. That was the day that it all went right, right? Like they just had the mm. bit of luck go their way. Mm-hmm. They got the chance to win the game and nailed it. Um, that, was the, that was the great day. Uh, Sean Hoppy 15 tries in 1994. Matt Sears, next best with nine. Uh, also a young side, by the way. Uh, if you look at the key some of the key players in the team, Taylor twenty-three, fairly twenty-four, Hoppy twenty-three, Billy Moore twenty-three, and Matt Sears twenty, uh this was the this was the Matt Sears era, wasn't it? This
1: uh Yeah. Mm. First on they sort of talk about it like uh, one of the real rookie seasons. Um, you know, you, you Dally Cherry Evans and and Tim Smith's and um in a, way, in a way, Ryan Pappenhausen, I know he sort of came off the bench, but he sort of then started playing fullback and everyone was just like, oh, shit, what's happening here? Like, you know, he, he, um, that was last year, 2019, with Pappenhausen, where, where you just sometimes guys just burst on unusually with just an unusual amount of, amount of ability or just the way they just do it straight away. Mm. Um, and, and he's a funny one. Cause one of the reasons I bring up Pappenhausen is I mentioned before that he was a similar player. And, and having watched this, I double down on that so hard just that that blistering pace off the mark. Um, not enough to get around Darren Albert, but, uh, that <laughs> but you know that, that, that first five metres of pace that Pappenhausen has and has yeah. had that? They're both little men. They're short men. Yep. Um, and that way that the first five metres is just like, you know, if, if there was a five meter race at the Olympics, so this is, yeah, there will rugby yeah. league players that'd be pretty close to winning it. It's sort of 10 meter sprint or something. Cause that way they just bang off the mark. So you get it to them on the inside or something and it's just gone, Like you might get them over a hundred, but that first bit is just fantastic. And he was, it, uh, did you notice that? I just looked at yeah. it and thought I'd really double down on that call that there's a real lot of similarity in the way they play the game.
0: He's one of those guys who just fired out of a cannon through a gap. Like, yeah. Bang. See yeah, you No yeah. chance. And the, yep. the, you kind of, the ones that leave the defenders just completely clutching. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's the... And of course, they haven't made the grand final, the Bears, since uh, <clears throat> 1943. Uh, this, they must have thought, mm. you know, they must have thought this was a big chance having finished second um, and getting two games... Uh, two two games to get in, uh, but alas,
1: Jeez, it's rough though. Like you come second and you got to go past Brisbane and Canberra. Yeah, like. st- but this is <laughs> the season, right? And this is yeah, the thing. People yeah, go, yeah. "Oh, jeez,
0: they bottled it." I mean, they, they 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 were they beat the side that they like, knocked off the side that nobody had beaten in a final for two years, like Brisbane. Mm. You know. Um, mm. The, the back-to-back premiers and had to on either side of that, their reward was to play Billy Canberra twice, <laughs> twice yeah. in three weeks. It's not much good. Um, no, it's I not. I, I am slightly sympathetic. Uh, now, this this game uh, comes also in the golden era of uh, television rugby league commentary. This is peak uh, rabbits uh, in the uh, in the chair with Gus Stirling and Fatty. That's that's really getting there, isn't it? Um, that's
1: your peak. That's your peak lineup. Um, yeah. it's uh, harrowing and alarming that Ray Warren is still on air now. Yeah, <laughs> Jeez, he was good in 1994. Wasn't he was he? sensational oh. in 1994.
0: He's awful now, but he, um, yeah. he's, he's, he's he's right off the boil now, poor old Rabs. But you realise mm-hmm. watching these sort of games quite how far he like quite how far off the pace he is now, right? Like, yeah, um, yeah. because he's he's sensational. He really does oh, like yeah. he lifts the whole occasion. Um,
1: well, he, he's a wonderful mix of he has that he has the voice and he has, you know. Um, he can lift with the call and do all that stuff. But a lot of those guys that, a lot of the guys that try and do that now, they go, oh, he's away and all that stuff. They, they don't get the game. Rabs does understand the game. So he had this way of knowing what was important, like what he should be going up for. And he's yeah. you know, like yeah. you'll see k- games now where it'll be just some meaningless tries, scrappily scored by a high name player in it when the results not close. And they really yeah. wildly start going up. Yeah. He had a way of knowing what the yeah. moments were and just raising the tempo and, and taking it on. And, he, yeah, he, 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 you're absolutely right. It was the absolute peak of rugby league commentary. Gus was very good back then, too, before he sort of... um His head's just swollen bit yeah. by bit. 97, well, um, it days, swelled a lot. Yeah.
0: In, in these days, it was very much... It was astute. You know, he had the, he had all yep. the things that he knows about the game and he's just talking to them. He had very astute yep. observations. There was none of this, no, 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 no. Um, yeah. Another thing that I loved about the coverage of this game... I this might be a niche view, but I love footage of the dressing room of the, like the departure from the dressing room, not footage. In, I'm not interested in footage inside the dressing room.
1: No.
0: I, what I love is the footage of just blokes in bomber jackets. milling mm. about outside the dressing room, someone with a clipboard going two minutes, gentlemen, you know, mm. all that kind of stuff. Whoa. I'm very glad you mentioned
1: that because I had, you know, to get our gratuitous Newcastle Knights reference out of the way early, Newcastle yeah. played in the reserve grade. And in that footage you're talking about, where there's a lot of bomber jackets running around the camera, but come out, Brett Grogan sighting by me. Is there? Yeah, spied Brett fantastic. Grogan in the corner. Not, and anytime I get the chance to mention Brett Grogan, I I, think I,
0: you're
1: I'm <laughs> entitled and obliged to obliged, mention Brett Grogan. Obliged, yeah. 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 Um, I just, so um, that, that was very good. Yeah. It was
0: thrilling. I, it, it, it does in a funny way. Build the like, build the tension of the occasion. Seeing them just about to emerge from the dressing room and all the kind of you always get nervous, like club officials in their like terrible bomber <laughs> jackets with like, you know, those big bomber jackets with like the yep. suede sleeves and that sort of thing. Yeah, I um, always think I missed my mark. Like that could have been us. Like
1: you and I, I think are made to be in those jackets, just wandering around the football sheds before a game, yeah. not doing anything constructive or helpful. Just, just kind of clapping the as they run out. Come, come on, lads. lads. Come on, them yeah, them. that's it. That's it. Um. I had a few things on the pregame as well, if if you'll indulge me. I suspect I know
0: what one of them will be, but yeah, go for it.
1: So, firstly... I'd just like to say, make the make the point as know as the jersey connoisseur of the group that these are two of the like the two jerseys One this game are in the top ten jerseys of the nineties and perhaps ever. Like these yeah. are yeah. this is the, the the collared Canberra milk is the greatest Canberra jersey ever and is easily in the top ten of any jersey. It's absolutely fantastic.
0: Beautiful. It's a beautiful beautiful
1: jersey. jersey. And um as a perfect shade of green too.
0: Yeah, um, it is.
1: as much as I whip up for the like horrific Osmail lime and stuff, like this this era was the perfect shade of green with the big Canberra milk and the collar. Oh, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. And um, the Citibank red top, those sort of because they had the black top for a while, black with red on the bottom, and this was the red on the top with black yeah, yeah. on with the Citibank. I, I personally, as good as the '91 all red one is um, with the North Leagues, I think this is the Bears top because yeah, of, yeah. maybe it's just my age, but they played a lot of semi finals and you know they made two. Two or three, pre, three prelims in this jersey yeah. So this is, given their history Which isn't particularly wonderful If you look at records, that's probably about as, as Good as it's going to get um, Apart from that, while I was still on jerseys i just also like to point out Gary Larson's Adherence to three-quarter sleeves yes. Is one of the greatest things in the game um, I don't know anyone else that was wearing Three-quarter sleeves at all at this time And I'm not, and even, Gary
0: Larson... sure. I'm not even sure Where he was able to get one
1: you no. like possibly
0: had to buy it from the club shop by the retail. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Retail. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I,
1: I just personally think that that is absolutely fantastic and, and it's to be applauded. And I think he might be the last person to regularly wear three. Yeah. I reckon you right, go yeah. on record with that. Yeah. Um, on a more serious note, I just think you we were talking a bit about how good the Raiders were, right? And how the Bears were sort of got this battling reputation. Um Rabs puts up their finals records all time oh, yes. on the screen during this one. So if you'll if you'll bear with me. So the Bears, so the Bears have been around since nineteen oh eight, right? Um the Bears have played twenty-two finals for six wins and sixteen losses. Okay. Um <laughs> in, in sort of sort of 90, year, ninety years. Oh. Um nearly. Okay. So the Raiders who have eighty-two 82, is that right for the Raiders? Yeah yeah. Came in in yeah, 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 yeah. So the Raiders have had 21 finals, um, so they've played in one less final with the 80, despite giving an 80 year head start, 14 wins and seven losses. So they've got more than double the amount of wins in finals the Bears have ever had, and less than half the losses with the 80 sort of year. Uh, or 70 something year, year head start given. And, and it just gives you a bit of context, I guess, for A, how good the Raiders were, and, and B, that the Bears, until these 90s, hadn't had a lot of good days in quite a long time. It'd been quite a while since the Bears had enjoyed themselves.
0: Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, this is, people listening to this will know that, you know, this is the kind of time when uh, Super League is really brewing. Mm. And a lot of the tensions that brought Super League about. Are evident in this game and in this season, you know, like the, there are a lot yeah. of, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that sort of thing, yeah, absolutely. Like the idea that these super clubs that had just waltzed in, like the Raiders and the Broncos, were having their way with them while while South couldn't make a crash to West for a feeder yeah. club for Manly and the other Sydney club. You know, like they'd bring in um, Dimir or Terry Hill and Jason Taylor and then feed them off to cl- Sydney yeah. clubs that could afford them. And even the better Sydney clubs like North, you know, were just battling away against these, you know, suddenly to win a comp, they had to go through these multi-million dollar rosters like Brisbane and the Raiders and the bears wouldn't have been paying sort of, sort of half what, what Brisbane were paying. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're absolutely right. And it's a tension. The game needed to resolve and probably could have, if they had anyone that was willing to sort of try, try and do something a bit more constructive than what was done on either side. And you sort of see the results, don't you over the next couple of years?
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, i tell you something else from the pregame that thrilled me on the, you mentioned, yeah. uh, you mentioned West's um, mm. uh, footage of Tommy, in the crowd. Uh Yes. Spectating. yes. Yeah. I um, did see that. that was looking was well, and I think it's I think it's Rabs who says there's Tom Rodonicus waiting in the wings for his opportunity next year. Um yeah. by which by which he meant uh coaching coaching Western suburbs in the mid nineteen nineties. Um which mm, what, what, an an, opportunity? What, what an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> what a yeah. what a thrill. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, um, yeah good good um, stuff. Fantastic.
1: Um, Before we get started on the game, uh, there's some things from the game, I suppose, that I just wanted to segregate out, if you will, and and talk about two sort of segments that could become regular on this show when we get (laughs) the chance. The first one I'm going to call Mario Moments, um, and the second one's going to be called Fatty Commentary, which I I think I have been kicking on for a while. Um, If you'll allow me to go you through, what I want to do is go through three Mario Fennec's three first involvements in this contest. Yeah. Um, just blow by blow. And uh, in all future Mario games, I urge you to participate with me in a Mario moment section.
0: Yeah. Um, Noting, of course, this was Mario's last game for the Bears. This was it. Yeah. He, he, was, he yeah. was leaving for the crushes. Again, the, the what an opportunity for the, the crushes in yeah. the mid-90s. Yeah.
1: The poor bastard looked really devastated at the end, even more so than usual. I felt terrible for him. But um, anyway, so... Second, he takes the second hit up. So there's a hit up off the kickoff. He takes the second one. Yeah. He takes one of those manic char- like, <laughs> charges into the line. And then Laurie Daly tackles him. And Mario just gets up and tries to blue it. Like, yeah, like he takes the run, grabs him by the collar and starts like cocking the fist and just immediately tries to punch on for sort of just no reason. And then... <laughs> then they kick down to the, to Canberra And um, in the second set Mario flies in for a tackle for his second involvement And just gets someone on the ground And goes this massive double facial Like both palms And just basically looks like he's trying to restart Someone's heart, CPR, but on the guy's face just <laughs> bangs him With a heap of pressure uh-huh. And then God gets bless. Up really like with the arms going What's that for when he gets called on it And then if that wasn't enough for you On his third touch Um, I suspect we may get to the fact that John Lomax looks like he's been in a pub brawl when he arrives at this game, like with his stinking black eye and cuts on his face and stuff and may well possibly wasn't a pub brawl but Lomax takes this big hit up gets on the ground and Mario starts trying to rake open this cut on his head oh good <laughs> and just gets his head and just <laughs> gets penal for trying to cut like just raking blatantly I think he gets penalized for it <laughs> at this cut on the bloke's face and that's just one two three Mario getting it done setting a tone for the bears oh yeah um,
0: what a and, what a cultural yeah. icon like fair Income.
1: Yeah. He's just he's yeah. just
0: everything that's good about the game is summed up in Mario Fenick. The, the, the mad like like we talk about you now we talk about kind of modern footballers really kind of phoning it in sometimes dropping their mm. bundle in big games not putting in all this sort of thing not looking interested smiling with I, nothing I hate more than you know beaten footballers smiling mm. with the team who's just beaten them after the game you know. Yeah
1: yeah. All this
0: all this camaraderie uh i'm pretty sure at the end of this mario just stalks off just skulks yeah. up, the, you know straight off and he just oh he looks like someone's died everything that he does in this game is, is like at a thousand percent um mm. the, the, the the possibility of defeat is the worst thing in the world you know they're, 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 mm. and, and he just does everything he possibly can including raking at cuts and you know, yeah. swinging arms and all this kind of thing. Keeping in mind, the week before this, a game that we have watched, um, he, he had three trips to the blood bin, yeah. <laughs> came back on <laughs> three times. You know, um, and he's come, he's bowled up again the following week, uh, like this. It's it, it's sensational.
1: It's quite remarkable that they managed to get two send-offs in a game with, involving Mario Fennec, with none of Neither them remember. involving Mario Fennec. Yeah. <laughs> Both would have been a possibility. But yeah. <laughs> somehow. But yeah, so he's wonderful. Um, and segment two, I just I, the Fatty commentary deserves its own section. It just sure. deserves it, because I don't want anything to be missed. Um, um, so so when, uh, when, when Lomax gets sent off, as we'll come to, Fatty laments that because they've lost their chief, Carter opera. Yeah, no, he does. It's just an absurdly good chat. Yeah. Um he then gives uh, him and him and Rabs both then give a wonderful turn it up because they keep confusing Nindruku and um and Nagus. Yeah. And they, they confuse him and go, Oh, no, it's so hard to tell them apart, you just can't do it. And Guff's like really quite like exasperatedly just goes, Well, being wingers, they are on the opposite side of the field, so you can <laughs> use that to work out which one's which. And they both just give this big turn it up. Turn it up. Which is- Turn it up, you two. It's
0: fantastic to get. i didn't um, tell you what. Like, they don't do it anymore. And I... Oh, Got it. Yeah, no. they did my, if I was watching a game now, if I was sitting at home watching Friday Night Football yeah. and someone launched... And like Rabs or, or, or Fatty Lord, Turt, I can't turn it up. I would be on my feet. It'd be better well, than anything that can happen in the game.
1: There's a lot of talk that the end of season origin concept isn't working. But I'll tell you what, that'll lift viewership next Wouldn't week if Rabs just dump one. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, two more. So... Uh, there's, there's this play where like Meninga knocks it sort of looks like he's going to knock it on but doesn't and it goes backwards and Fatty in this really twisted way of exaggerating and not making any sense at all just goes ah oh, that was a million to one a knock on but like that was his <laughs> the way other of saying it looked like it should be but it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and I loved his concept of like that's a million to one this, and all. he's going at a squillion miles an hour, and he's yeah. launching of just insane, gross exaggerations of things. I just, I never it, tire of it. it. <laughs> no, me either. And then he absolutely touches the face of God when when Brett Mullins <laughs> Sizes the game with his try late, <laughs> and he launches all of his oh, yeah. <laughs> hopes and dreams go up in a puff of Mullins. <laughs> <laughs> just so stupid that i, I really lost my head it doesn't make any sense no it doesn't mean anything he says it really quite earnestly
0: yeah oh I'm but sorry about that there's a beautiful yeah. bit of Rabs' commentary as well which i it's it, it just stunned me where sean hoppy takes a very good catch mm. uh, i think of a bomb on his own line and Rabs goes to his absolute you know how he would occasionally, mm. like he'd really max out the mic and go yeah. right to the top yeah, of his voice yeah. off something yeah. that was quite, and he he just goes, oh, that was la magnifique. <laughs> 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 it's like, why, you know, like, why? Yeah, <laughs> like short hop he's not. It's not as if he's French. It's, it's, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I you're asking
1: the wrong questions. I know, anyway. I know.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was la magnifique. Um, oh. Yeah, so th- this match is ridiculous, um, and we will get to why. Uh, Greg McCallum, uh, referee uh, with a beard, with the beard of a 21 year old Inzel living in his mother's basement, um, uh, and he really, uh, well, fatty sums it up. Uh, late in the game he says greg mccallum was under a lot of pressure this week a lot of scrutiny he was the he was mentioned in dispatches in the newspaper every day this week and i've got to tell you boys i don't think he's handled it very well <laughs> which it, yeah yeah which i think is possibly it sums uh, it up yeah possibly sums it up uh, the early exchanges i mean the, 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 there's nothing to suggest that something truly bizarre is going to happen there's a penalty early on i think in about the second minute uh, mm-hmm. Holding down penalty after Taylor, Justin Taylor's caught on fifth tackle, uh, mm-hmm. turns it over, and then Norths get a penalty from in front, and Ferner bangs it over to go two 0 up. The Bears score in the fifth minute. Uh, off, I've got to tell you, one of the more astonishing bombs I've ever seen. Um, I've never seen uh, this this kick from Taylor. It's last tackle. They swing it back to Taylor on the left, and he puts a bomber. Which goes which clears the roof of the stadium mm. and comes back that 's unbelievable
1: yeah, 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 it was a good bomb um, it 's obviously it 's spilt by Ni and they they score. Yeah. Um, I watched the other week. Uh, I've never seen much of Andrew Koo, and I watched this game a couple of weeks ago where he scores a Hattie uh, and, um, and I watched him and I thought, oh, you know, like, you know, I like to do modern comparisons. I was like, geez, he's a spit of Aku Uate. Like he runs yeah. like him. He's got that bullocking build and scored all these beautiful tries. And yeah, that, that impression wasn't, Detracted to by <laughs> just shelling this in-goal bomb for the opposition to score. That didn't. I, di- I didn't like think. No, no, geez, I got this wrong. <laughs> yeah, going to have don't. to revise my view? It's, yeah. No, look. I, what I, what I would say is when you say there was no sign something bizarre was going to happen, I, I would agree with that. But what I would say is, both leading up to that try and for maybe the next sort of ten minutes. There is a sense that this is on because what what i got is the Bears start really hard. They come out really hard. Yeah. And they score. As good as that bomb was, it's a soft try. Like, Nandruku's not under pressure and he shells it. Like, you should catch that. Um, it, It's a good kick, but it's, you know, it's in the in goal. It should really be a 20 tap. Yeah. And I'm he just, just a, shells it cold. Just as
0: an aside, mm. I'm not totally convinced Mark Sidon actually grounds this. There's a real mm. question mark. Over. I think if we'd have gone to the video, oh, referee, I he'd, have had right. a, he'd have had a fair few looks. But anyway. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you might be right. I, I wondered that. I reckon he might have been all right, but it depends what era we're in, whether we're playing downward pressure or separation yeah. or all these nonsense. Torso, maybe legalistic. possibly yeah. might have
0: got up on the torso rule. Torso rule,
1: yeah. Yeah, probably, yeah. It's my favourite. Um, but it's sort of like, so what I was getting at is like, whilst it's not, you say nothing bizarre look like happening, there was a real sense this was on for North, though, because it's like they mm. come out hard, you get Canberra, like one of the better teams, sort of you know one of the great teams of the of the era shelling this kick early and spilling it and you score and then all of a sudden they start putting these shots on like mullins and andrew could get absolutely belted by a couple of shots by by the Norse forwards. And they, they're putting these shots on. And then Laurie, um, Laurie Daly and Ricky Stewart are running these beautiful-looking plays where they throw long, throw short, but they just keep spilling it. Like, they're running yeah. all these really good football. And, like, they'll put Ferner through a hole and he'll drop it. And then they go wide to Mal who sort of juggles it and throws a forward pass. And someone comes back on the inside and they drop it. And it's just this – you watch these games and you go, oh, Canberra's just got the wobbles. Like, they're just – not quite it's here. Not quite the as the yeah. Yeah, as good as the halves look, like they're running all the plays, but the ones that usually stick are just not quite sticking today. And Norse are then hammering them and working away, and you're going, oh, you know, this, this just, if you're watching that and that's your team, you're going, we've, we've dragged them down a bit here. We've got them, we've dragged them into a bit of a wrestle, and they're, yeah. they're just, not quite here. And and I really got that sense going in. And then all of a sudden, we'll get to the send-off in a moment. But that that just builds on that. You've got this idea. There's very much this picture that they're going to, as much as North had finished ahead of them on the table, no one really thought they're going to win it. And all of a sudden, you're going, hang on, this is on. This is really on.
0: And this is, and so after, th- that's right. And so after the Soden try, uh, Taylor kicks the goal to go 6-2. But a game that starts off, like that, as you described then suddenly becomes really spiteful. The, mm. It becomes a really hard. Go- there's an incident with Quinton Pongia mm. where he just throws multiple swinging arms in the one tackle and misses almost all of them, and cops a warning. And then <laughs> there's and then Tony Hearn, the penalty puller, comes flying up with a swinging arm, clobbers Lomax in the head, knocks him out cold. And Lomax is down for ages. He's got a big egg over his eye. Um, And like if if it was in today's game, he wouldn't come back onto the field. Um, And and so John Lomax has been the victim of an attack which the commentators say could have been a send off. Like it's so it's so stiff. Um, Should probably as bad as the next one that well, well, this is it. Yeah. So he possibly Lomax might have a case under the Danny Rule, uh, the Danny Williams provision. Yeah. yeah. Temporary insanity caused by amnesia back yeah. of the head yeah 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 because he's been knocked senseless finally staggers mm. to his feet and immediately just starts just stomping around there's a couple of real mm. moments before the uh, before the send off he gets into a blue with Mario at the scrum all of that uh yeah, and hard to end. imagine I know.
1: you know when you said it got spiteful it's the, yeah it's the, I can't see why so Mario and Lomax are dropping around yeah. with Pongia and stuff
0: and, and finally in the 23rd minute uh, it's mm. Lomax who comes flying up with a big swing arm, knocks Billy Moore out cold. Uh, and Greg McCallum takes barely a second and just goes, no, you're off, and sends him off. And And yeah. Rams abides by one of the great conventions of rugby league commentary and, in fact, of, of commentary of any sport, which is when someone is sent off, you have to say first name, second name, has been sent off.
1: Yeah. They they also then abide by the great rule of rugby league commentary like old rugby league players observing incidents by saying they fell into it. Well, um, as he, which he very much didn't.
0: No, <laughs> he just gets flattened. And, and fatty, yeah. um, fatty says Moore was crouching. He says no, he wasn't falling, but he mm. was crouching um, <laughs> in his run. <laughs> yeah, no, he's crouching, mate. And then mm. blocker says he was falling. Um, yeah, there's the yeah. question. A colour of questions here. Is it any worse than what Lomax copped? Himself yeah. from Tony Hearn, that's there's, that's mm. that's debatable. Um, but second question, Gazzy on, on the line. Do you think it's a send off in nine? It, would, two um, questions. It is now. Would it, would it be a send off now? And do you think it would have been a send off in nine and ninety four?
1: It's a send off now because he jumps. They wouldn't let you get away with that now. Um, he mm. sort of jumps to swing it. But look, no, I don't think it was a send off then. I think he got carried away from two points. Is that firstly, like you, you said, that Lomax could run the old um, Danny Williams defence. That if I was sort of prosecuting the case i might raise the 300 other similar tackles he'd made when he hadn't been clobbered in the head and say <laughs> that there was a sort of a history because he was notoriously suspended for doing this so yeah. and the reason i say that is because i think that very much there's two parts of it is the fact that who it was he was a very much a. Uh, and Adrian Morley, like a guy yeah. that you just couldn't do anything without being pinged because this is what he did. And yeah. the second part of that is that he was losing his head like the last five minutes. Um, after copying one himself, he'd been stomping around the field, getting in, getting in blues and, and trying to whack people and, and getting up. And he was going a bit crazy. And the referee has sent him off because he thought that this really mad guy who was big history of, of going nutso was on a bit of a rampage not because of the tackle. And that's not actually how it works. Because you can caution a guy and say, if you're carrying on, you're getting around, if you don't settle it, I'm going to put you in the bin. And I could probably have copped that. I'd say, mate, you've been carrying on for five minutes, going around trying to whack people, getting in blues. And now you've done that. You've got to sit down. But you can't. I I think you still have to, to a point, judge just the incident. And that is no way in 1994 they they were sending people off for that. Like, I I watched the Knights, you know, Paul Harrigan was doing that every second week. You yeah know? like fair yeah, yeah, he wasn't yeah. even getting simbing like they those big props in that era that they, they all did it they used to run in swing their arm and sometimes it, it'd whack guys high it, no it, it was there's no way that that was that was a send-off just on that incident then it is now and i'm not saying it shouldn't be because you, you know you kind of go now that we know a bit more about brain injury you sort of just can't stiff arm people straight to the face really He's recklessly and obviously but, Christ, he gets him yeah like fair digger. Oof. We've watched enough old games and seen enough that people weren't getting sent for that in the yeah. other games we've seen of that era. Um, not sense, even sort of after, you know.
0: Send-offs now take quite a long time. Um, mm. This didn't – he really trigger fingers. He just says, oh, off you go.
1: Well, that's uh, part of the bottling, isn't it? I really just think that he had this set against him. Not wrongfully. He was carrying on and everything. But he's sort of just gone, no, nah, nah, that's high. And he, he hasn't stopped for five seconds and gone, oh, I don't know. Um and that like, I, I, I play, even playing local cricket and stuff, you see that with trigger fingers. Like I'll the non-strikers and sometimes the umpire goes up really quick and the, umpire, the batsman's staring at him and going off and the umpire will say to you, oh, maybe I screwed up there. Like when you really yeah. jump to a decision, yeah. sometimes you haven't let it process. You, then when yeah. you stop and think and, you know, and I think there was a bit of that here where he needed to just, as an official, just take a breath and then go, all right, how bad was that? Because there's no
0: need, <laughs> right? Like, there's no need to do no. that. You, you well, there's no
1: rush. To... He wasn't getting
0: up anytime no. soon. The no. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. poor old Billy yeah. Moore. Um, yeah. So, at this point, it's just worth it's it's worth pausing at this point to just think yeah. about the equation. Now, Norths are in front six two, mm-hmm. and the Raiders. So, the Raiders are behind six two. They've got a man down, so the Raiders are down to twelve. And the weakest forward, for, no less, too. A, middle, one of their yeah. big front rowers. And the week before, they had to play 100 minutes. They lost in extra time to Canterbury. So at this point, Norths, it's all adding up for Norths, right? They're in front. Yep. The Raiders were a bit off their game anyway. Mm. They got a man down and they, they, they've got a lot of running in their legs. They, they, they're knackered from yep. last week.
1: Yeah. And, and like you say, it's not only really just one of their big forwards. It's are enforcer and they're playing against, like Fairley won the Rothmans medal. Mario's on there. Hearn's yeah. having a good game. Billy Moore. Like all of us, all of Norths sort of, best players of this are this forward pack and all of a sudden your real enforcer is going to stand up to them and really take it. Larson's still on the field too. So like all all of a sudden like your your enforcer's off and that's where North strengths are, are, these big forwards that are going to come at you and come at you. So mm-hmm. you're right, it's just totally and
0: utterly on now. Just from the physicality side, the Raiders have got to play twelve men. They've played hundred mm-hmm. minutes a week before and now have to play sixty minutes with twelve men.
1: Yeah. They've got they, to cover um, the
0: extra man the whole game.
1: You are missing something, though. Um, oh, yes. is that a wonderful piece of commentary from Gus, who, oh, yeah. negating what you've had to say, starts tossing out this theorem that if any side was going to be go down to twelve, it would bother the Raiders the least, and like yeah, just starts st- chatting about their defensive structure. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They might, they might, they mm-hmm. might be alright because of their because they slide in defence. Yeah, I. Yeah, this yeah. Is like, fascinating I, view. Yeah, I. Yeah. I mean, if anyone, if any side was going to cope with being down twelve, it'd probably be the Raiders because they were sort of the best side. Yeah. yeah. And had yeah. a lot of really good <laughs> players. But I, yeah. I think he's just buried the lead a little bit there. Um, mm. Yeah, so so that's the at that point and, and keep in mind, by the time of the next incident, there's still this is like that comment, for example, comes just before the Larson incident. Yeah. That there's yeah. still everyone's still digesting what has happened. Mm-hmm. Everyone's still taking into account the fact that LoMax is off and talking oh, about what yeah. it might mean mm. and speculating and all this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere. Gary Larson gets David mm-hmm. Ferner between the legs and tips him on his head.
1: Badly. Mm. Badly. Now this is I. I, I can't judge oh, the I. It's um about 10 weeks now, suspension and a yeah. send-off. Um, back then, I, I can't give a good opinion on that because just they, there's this weird phase. There was a time, right, where in the 80s it was happening all the time and you can look at what the refs were doing if you watch old games. But by the 90s, they'd sort of ironed this out to a level that you don't, they don't come up that much. So I can't tell you what they were doing with other ones to judge whether it should have been a send-off in 94. Yeah. Um, because the commentators sort of argue a little bit against it, but like the commentators just argue against any binning or sending off of anyone ever. Yeah. Um, so, but it's, it's an abhorrent one. It's really, really bad. And it if you have a rule terrible, that people should it? be sent off, it, it this is the one. I don't say it to say it wasn't a send off, but just say it's hard to compare. I can't, I haven't watched, seen enough spear tackles in mid nineties games to comment, but it's, it's as bad as it gets. So if you're going to have a rule saying you can be sent off for spear tackling, then this is, <laughs> well, it's if not going to be any worse get, than this, and, is it? Yeah, no. And 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 look, th- this is uh, this is one that it gets a lot of run in the bear stories. And, and um, Nick Campton's done some wonderful stories on the bears in the '90s, and they they sort of talk about this quite a bit because Gary Larson, I don't think, had ever been binned, mm. let alone sent off. And he was just this wonderful – he's been brilliant in every game we've lost, just in, enhancing his yeah. reputation oh, yeah. every time we see him, Barbies. <laughs> <This> didn't help. <laughs> um, but he is just such a – whilst he had a lot of – we've talked about how he wasn't just a toiler, he had ability, he did. But to think that this guy who could make 30, 40 tackles in an origin in the era that that happened and just toiled away every game for this club for the Bears and battled away and then had this happen to him, like, because at the end of the day, it's an accident. Like, like Lomax, as much as he didn't deserve to go, has tried to hit the guy on the head with his forearm. And if you get the referee overreacts and sends you, you sort of like the answer to that is to not do it. Like Larson hasn't meant to do this. And it, so he, he's just slipped up and made a really bad mistake on just one of the worst possible days that could happen because he played 200 and something games and he could have accidentally done this in round six. 1991 or something but he did yeah. it in, the, in a game to get in the grand final when it's they were in front with a player like is, off the field and it never happened again to him either like it, it just really it is. wasn't a guy who this happened to he didn't he wasn't a dirty player he wasn't a ill disciplined player and he just he
0: fucked it up like <laughs> completely the wrong time it's you astonishing know? like it's just yeah. it's incredible that that incident happens 3 minutes after the mm. Lomax thing like it it's it's it defies reason that that could happen, <laughs> I mean, whether it was Gary yeah. Lass or anyone. like it, it, yeah, For that to, like, a spear tackle send-off, they happen once every five years, you know? I'd love to know.
1: I would love to know whether he would have sent him off if he hadn't have <laughs> sent Lomax off. Because uh, I reckon he just thought, oh, I can get out of this. Like, I've yeah. made this big call and... If I just do this, no yeah. one will talk, no one will be talking about it, like because yeah. that would have been the story of the game if the Raiders had a loss.
0: Oh yeah, twelve on for sixty butchered minutes, butchered by McCallum.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and he's gone like rightfully he did have a reason to do it. Like he's, it's not that it was an unfair call, but he's gone off. <laughs> this is good for me. I can get the yeah, reason. And I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wonder what he would have done. Whether he would have just got the ten minutes if it had been a um you know six two up in the final with Low Max on the field still would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, have, I I, it, might, it might have just sim- him.
0: I reckon that's probably right. Mm. Three minutes between the two decisions. Um, mm.
1: Stunning, isn't it?
0: It's it is stunning. It's absolutely stunning, and it becomes and so for me the, the, the like Norths go from all of those enormous advantages mm. of <clears throat> Canberra having played a huge game in extra time the week before, being down a man, having to be down a man for sixty minutes. Mm not going that well anyway, that lasts all of those three minutes. And I go from that to in huge trouble because it is obvious almost straight away that 12 against 12 suits Canberra very well.
1: Yeah. And um, you're right. I was going to say that this isn't the team you want to get with players off the field. I don't think you'd want to play them in the nines, for example, at full strength. Um, and, yeah, it's sort of like I don't know how much we have to go into why. Uh, let's just say Brett Mullins, Noah Nandruku, Ruben Wickie, Malmaninga, Meninga, Ken Lewis, Nagus, uh, Daily. Daly, Stewart, and then Brad Clyde has possibly got the best motor of any lock forward, any yeah. elite lock forward in the history of the game. And, um, yeah, like having more space. And this is it. Good. Like, not good.
0: The, and <laughs> the, the, the Bears go from strong favorites in my view watching the game I, uh, within a couple of minutes of the send-off it's clear mm. that the Bears have gone from strong favorites to gone like huge trouble
1: yeah <laughs> uh, yeah uh, gone <laughs> when, Go yeah yeah look there's gone, this, gone it, might be that's a, bit, a harsh that, that might yeah. be there
0: might be a bit of hindsight in that I, I accept
1: I, I'll give you what I'll give you is pushing shit uphill like yeah. there's a sense that you watch it um you will you, know the games when you watch your team play And they're playing a good team and they're in the hunt And all of a sudden there'll be this five ten minutes Where the, even though the other team's not scoring There's this wave of stuff happening where you start going This is looking like It might collapse at some point You know like yeah. the damn walls coming down yeah. uh, As Knights fans happen to us a lot against Melbourne And stuff like you put your gloves up for a while And then all of a sudden there's well, this that 10 Knights minutes game of South. You, oh. you,
0: you know what's a good comparison To this is yeah. that, that Knights game against South In the first week of the finals this year where mm. Newcastle up fourteen nil, yeah. and South scored twice in about two minutes, and you just go, "We were, we had a big chance here, and it's all over. They're gonna they just yeah. kill, they're killing us. That we can't yeah. win." Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I wrote that yeah. off at 14-10 in front. That's this is yeah, it. You're in front and the just went, over. no, no, no. This <laughs> can't <I> can't continue <laughs> yeah. like this. We're yeah. shot. A, yeah, there's a team that should be better, and they're not winning. And all of a sudden, they're coming for you in a way where you go, "I don't know if the if the underdog can, is going to be able to." The up here, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's
0: and, right, and that's the stunning thing about this game: how quickly the, mm. the, the, the possibility turns to this is on, mm. and then quickly turns to oh dear, we're we're yep. in some bother here, yep. Um, yep. which is made very clear in the thirty-fifth minute when Melman Inca goes over to score to make it six all. Uh, it's Stewart at first receiver, uh, and this is a great bit of play from Ricky Stewart. I, I, oh, you yeah. talk about people who've enhanced their reputation. I've really enjoyed watching him. He's wonderfully classy. Yeah. His, his yep. kicking yep. game is as good as anything, um, mm.
1: better. Yeah, like is it's, um, it's, is
0: better than is better than anyone now. Like it's just the way he hits yep. the ball, the distances, mm. the the control he has over the ball is mm. unbelievable. Um, and he he gets this on last, and just spots that the uh, I think it's the north winger.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, it might be the fullback. In fact, Matt Sears who's dropped off the line on the left hand mm. side switches the play. I love a good switch of play back to the it's right. It go, goes through the hands to Nagus. Nagus comes back inside, gives it back to Meninga and Meninga runs through untouched to score behind the post and it's six all. Um, it's a
1: beautiful try. It, it really is. It's just really nice football. First the switch of play and then the hands like that's just lovely yeah. rugby league uh, by a good side. And you're right. Ricky Stewart, it, that sort of play, it just, it reminds me of something I heard the other day where Phil Gould was talking about the thing with playmakers is what you see is the next guy incorporates a lot of this and then the next guy that's got that ability can take a bit from the next guy, like, you know, like there's Ricky Stewart and those switches of play with something that you then saw Andrew Johns really do a lot in the middle of his career. And then the stuff that Joey did that then Thurston, you'd go, Oh, geez, that reminds me of Joey, but he had a few extra things. And the next guy might do that. And there really is this sort of sense sometimes of the, they, the great ones that come through like this, the next guy, has watched them and just taken a bit of that from them. Cause he switches a play. He did a bit. I went, Oh, that Joey used to do that a lot. And it's very clear that, you know, those guys do watch the, the guys before him. And, and mm-hmm. he, 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 uh, you're right in enhancing his reputation. I was going to say that at the end, but I'll just do it now. Every time I watch him, he, my opinion of him goes up. Um, he's one of the greatest halfbacks I've ever seen um, I, I, you know, in terms of the ones I've watched I might even have him second like that's how impressive I, I am by him he just looks like the best player in the world which a lot of people say he was at that time but he's, he's walking yeah. around um, Phil Gould and commentary just keeps dropping all these really snide comments he oh, yeah. the Australian halfback like repetitively <laughs> but putting it, really it on snide. pulling <laughs> on German. Alan yeah. Langer yeah. yeah yeah that's right and then of course he does start at 5'8 they lose and then he plays halfback for the last next two and they win as we've gone through before so but there's just the sense you're watching a, a, a great halfback back at the peak of his ability here um, yeah. and nearly everything that happens after this comes off him. But we're not done with that try. because. No. Would you like to do it?
0: Uh, David Furnham misses from in front.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's not the last either. And this, this, yeah. I live for this because when we get in a game and we, you know, we knew there was going to be two, two um, send-offs, but nobody told me that people were going to Sim. miss from in front of the post. I live for oh. it. We've seen a few now. We've, we've been lucky
0: enough to come in the last
1: few games.
0: It's thrilling, isn't it? Because it catches you yeah. by surprise. And yeah. and that's exactly right. You know what these games are famous for. And you know the kind of big headline things that happen. Mm. And then something like this just gets in under the under the fence mm-hmm. and you you look and go, Oh my God, he's missed. It's it's yeah. It sent me completely off my head. I, I love
1: they're it There the sorts of ones when you're watching on T V that you don't watch the goal, like you're sort of talking yeah. to your mate on the couch because you're like, This is over? Like there's no point there's not even any point watching the goal. You just oh no. yeah, yeah, that was a good try, wasn't it? Yada yada, and then it's all oh, shit.
0: <laughs> it's,
1: just, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's, a, it's an absolute shank. He misses for yeah. quite a
0: bit. <laughs> he misses the, yeah. yeah.
1: He doesn't even hit yeah. the post. Yeah. I'm not a bad kicker either. He no. A lot of harder kicks in this game. It's heaven. I just,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. there's nothing better. I, no. Have you got a favourite of all time? Miss from in front.
1: Oh, the Kieran Forum one that went under yeah. was very, very yeah. good. I was um, there that day. I, I as think, I've said to you, before.
0: Yeah. I, I had the privilege of being not only at the ground, but at that end of the ground for that one. Mm. Um, and it, it is one of those things that you just feel grateful that you turned. Like if, sometimes you're on the fence about going to a match, you know, and it was South and mm. Canterbury on a on, 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 uh, good Friday. You kind of like, went, oh, yeah, no, mm. I look, I fancy a day at the footy today. Yeah. I will go out. And something like that happens. And you just think to yourself, I'm glad that I, I fell on the right side yeah. of this decision.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's that's the sort of thing you can miss if you ever say no. You've got to say yes to going to rugby league games, no matter this how many, much torture you sit through. Um, that, that probably is my favourite Because under the crossbar is just special But I'll tell you That's what so It, it wasn't quite in front But the Mitchell Moses one in the finals this year Will be talked about for a long time Where he hits the post with a penalty from near in front From like to tie the game up And South go like 80 metres Score yeah. a set or two later So score later that set And then score like a set or two later And just go from should be tied game To down by 12 in the second half For, <laughs> for, for, for final Elimination it's final it's, Yeah, yes, you're I right It was that a real moment, wasn't it? Yeah, everything that flowed after it makes it really special, but I don't think it's as good as going under the post, unfortunately. And that
0: wonderful Parramatta calamity, you know, that sense that it was like if it had been, it wouldn't be yeah, anywhere near as yeah. funny if it was Canterbury. Yeah. No, um, no, no. Now, so Canberra scored to go 6 all. Fernham misses a goal to put the main six in front. And North's inexplicably, like, North's managed to go in front at half time, despite yeah. the fact that Canberra are all over them in the second, like in the last yeah. bit of this half. They get down the other end in the last minute of the first half and Jason Taylor looks up and from 25 out on an angle, hits the most superb field goal. Mm. It's a beautiful hit. And he just nails, like he looks up and just go, oh yeah, bang, over it goes, 7-6 in All front right. of the break. A field goal so unexpected, Gazzy, that not even Peter Sterling speculated about whether they'd take it.
1: Yeah, that is special. Isn't it? That is not thats special because that's sort of all it keeps him up at night, like speculating yeah. at what minute someone might take a field goal and which team should and which team shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, based on scenario, equal scenarios. Um, yeah, no, it was special. We've spoken about it before. He has all the basic skills and sets that you want to play halfback, doesn't he? Like the kicking and the passing and the, drop goals and the professionalism and all that um, there's so much Nathan Cleary about it isn't there absent the physicality the way he steers a team but doesn't dominate it individually like the, it's the very much a he steers the team he kicks the team he passes he kicks all the drop goals all the goals and does everything with that polish um, as much as Cleary's is much bigger and stronger but neither of them um, you don't they, you don't often watch a game and you go geez he was individually yeah, he rinsed stunning them today, today yeah, yeah but he, you do say that about their teams like you go geez they their team was stunning today, and he did all his stuff. And cannot kind of, they really do? It does remind me a lot of him, um, very much actually. Clearly, yeah. he's a much better defender. Um, but, yeah,
0: but he's also like, I mean, clearly yeah. that's a product of the time, right? The like, professional
1: area and he's yeah. been in the gym since he was 15. He's big and yeah. muscly and stuff, yeah. But um, yeah, no, it, it, that's it. That's a beautiful drop goal for 7-6. Um, before we go go past the second half, just one thing I wanted to mention, you know, because there's just a lot of all-timers in the Canberra team and, and with Brad Clyde, I just wanted to mention him again, is that this has been a pattern in the few We've watched him now where I, I watch him very close because there's a lot of, um, if you were a big league fan back then and you're really, know your stuff that those real know your stuff sort of people will really tell you yeah Clyde was like all-time immortal sort of nearly level good like an absolute one of the greatest forwards ever Um, and just because he's never been in the media never done much after he he doesn't get the same shine he's probably a bit like Brett Kenny like they don't get the shine that a Peter Sterling does and a Mal Meninga does because they're not in the game Um, and one thing it's really struck me is that in every game we've watched he gets better the longer it goes like you watch it Mm. you go Oh, yeah, he's not really doing that much for 10 minutes when everyone's fresh. He's just another forward. And then sort of 20 minutes in, he starts to look a bit better and half an hour a bit better. He just gets better and better. And as people get tired, he, he lets his other forwards do a lot of the work. And as they get tired, he comes flying in and starts taking two hit ups a set. He'll take one up the middle and then float to an edge. And he was very clever. He'd go out to the edge and he knew, like, he'd sort of shift to where the ball might go on either side, almost like a fullback does mm-hmm. now, like roaming. He'd shift to the side where the ball was going to go and then run a line and be available for in a hole and stuff and then be back in the middle to run again in the start of the next set and shift wide again. And just the longer the game goes, it's like he starts clicking into gear, you know? like Here yeah. he comes, like he's just hitting his yeah. gear. And and I, I couldn't have higher praise for him as, as a footballer. There's no wow moment in this game, but that he he is just... I can see why people talking about him as like the the archetype that goes from your 80s sort of your Ray Pricey sort of amateur players that were great to being your first pro. Like this is the pro era yeah. coming to the 90s and having him. That's professionalism, like a guy that has all that and just doing the work rate right and with that level of skill. It's just, yeah, um, mm. I, I, another one. Just wonderful.
0: Really, really yeah. is. Yeah. He, um, no, that's true. He was, um, yeah, he is good in this game and it, it, it's mm. – it, it's become the thing that, or it certainly for a time was the thing that a coach, in particular, would say if they wanted to really talk up one of their players. I remember Tim Sheens mm. saying Simon Dwyer; he was, he could, you know, he reminded him a lot of Brad and Clyde. And so it was a real comment that if someone yeah. said, "Oh, he yep. reminds me of Brad and Clyde," you'd be like, "Oh, hello. you know." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dizzy um, yeah. must yeah. be good. Um, yep. <clears throat> my note at halftime was simply: uh, as I was watching the game, the Bears competed, then had incredibly good luck, then incredibly bad luck, and are now in a lot of trouble.
1: Yeah, which is good because they're winning. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's like it's 7-6, but you still... Canberra scored one try, but the flow of the game has changed. The the passes that were dropping, and even though they haven't scored a lot of points, the passes that were dropping or hitting the deck or going forward just aren't all of a sudden. And the sets are going from 20 to 20 instead of 20 to halfway in a grind. And it's just, it's a different game. And whether it's less space on the field or whether it's, you know, it might be an emotional lift, like maybe you're down you're not playing your best you're a bit tired you get a guy sent off that's making it harder and then all of a sudden you get this stupendous luck of the other guy getting sent off and maybe you just go oh like that's just what we needed like we yeah, can we can, we can, can get this, out of yeah, this yeah yeah whatever it was it just you're right it just totally changes it maybe it's north maybe just you know the reverse it's it just yeah, that might have been bit, Gary yeah. Larson being sent off you know you just go like just fuck, what happened? There. <laughs> imagine just imagine how the made must Imagine you and I in the crowd if that oh. happened to Newcastle. Like, oh. the, like I wouldn't oh. be able to speak. Like I just wouldn't be able to speak. And no. and you know, the players back then cared a lot more than I think they do now. And I think that you know that flattening feeling I could forgive them for just. Waning a bit for a while.
0: Yeah, they probably did <laughs> actually. They probably did quite well to get to halftime seven six, like all yeah. six all. You
1: know, um, oh, no, you could just throw the towel in. There's a lot of teams that would, with you know, yeah. followed one that would have plenty of time in the last 20 Absolutely. years would just fold with something like this happen. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, um,
0: yeah, and Gus with a, a wonderful contribution just after halftime. Uh, both coaches will be keeping a close eye on the clock and the score.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you want see what you want to do is have your score ahead of theirs towards the end of the time. Yeah, the when the clock, clock started, of, yeah. Yeah. yeah, starting like, getting forty. Um, yeah. It was disappointing that he didn't call the field goal was too early. It might see the oh, no. end of the scoring. That was a shame. Seven <laughs> six. I waited for it because it was on.
0: Like they, ended, they only get to nine. It was on. Yeah, this yeah, was the time to call it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put the put yeah. the put the feet up. Uh, yeah. After half time, uh, there is a Ferner goal to go eight to put the Raiders in front for the first time in the game, eight seven. Uh, Some good it,
1: scores, like if you go through yeah, the updates of yeah. scores, yeah. Some very it weird is,
0: scores. It, it yeah. goes to the game, doesn't it? Yeah. What a strange game yeah. this was. You very rarely yeah. see a team on an odd number of points behind. Like you're very rare yeah. over yeah. the course of a <laughs> season you have a team <laughs> kick yeah. a field goal and not be in front. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and th- so Ferner kicks a goal to go eight seven. It's a penalty for a, a leg pull from Matt Sears. On Laurie Daly, after a rambunctious Laurie Daly run uh, from about yeah. halfway, where he goes past three or four defenders just with pace and power, it's if you're trying to get a sense of what Laurie Daly had, there's a lot this, of it in that yeah. run. Like it's that big. Yeah
1: bang, you know. You could just show them that. He was brutal. Yeah. Ricky always says now, when he's coaching, he always says that um, Whiten reminds him a lot of him. And I can see why. Because, you know, we we probably saw the end of Laurie Daly, and I thought that comment was odd for a bit. Because I sort of remember him in 98, when he was sort of guiding teams around a bit like sort of late career Wally, just sort of passing early and steering and kicking a bit. Yeah. But when of the earlier the games I watch, I really do see the Whiten thing. Now, obviously, he's better than Jack Whiten, but I can see it. Like, there's this aggression in his range. Running, isn't it like it's powerful yeah. and aggressive, and he whacked guys in defence. And there's that, there's guys like Brad Fitler runs the football and steps you, but it's like looks really beautiful and and poetic. Yeah. And Andrew there's, Jones used to do that with his step and thirst and dummies and goes. But this is brutal, like the yeah, daily kind of- and the similarities, the aggression and the power and hardness in the five eight running. That probably him and White are the two best examples of yeah. in the last however long. Yeah, Daly
0: had a, he had a yeah. really, that that run, there's a real kind of brawny physicality about it. Yes, isn't there? Yeah, that's a yeah. Yeah,
1: much better way to say it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly right.
0: Yeah. Um, and so the penalty goes over, it's 8-7, and then uh, then the points really start for the Raiders. They get their second try, and it's a beautiful try. It's a play the ball on the right touchline. Uh, I'll yeah. try and describe it as best I can. I'll give this a manful attempt. The Raiders playing the ball on the right touchline on about halfway. In three passes, it gets to Ndruku on the left-hand side um, who puts Mullins away down the wing. Mullins gives it back to Ndruku who goes over to score. The passes from Stewart uh, and then from Daly. The pass from Stewart is unbelievable. The amount of fizz, the length of the pass is just spectacular. And then the ball from Stewart to put Ndruku away to put Mullins away is just as spectacular. The skill of Nandruku mm-hmm. to, take, to catch the ball, he's got it on the end of his fingertips and yeah. manages somehow to hold on to it. The raw pace of Brett Mullins down the wing, I don't know why he's out there on the wing, but the yeah. pace with which he explodes down the touchline, it is everything. It's, it's all of the best attributes of rugby league and all mm-hmm. of the best attributes of the 1994 Canberra Raiders
1: that's the try that you want to show people. If you want to understand why that was so good. Um, Ricky probably gets it 15 in from the touchline, nearly hits, nearly hits Laurie on on, in the middle of the pitch so far. Yeah. And Laurie, like you said, he's looking long and the bears sort of rush up because they go, he can't throw it that far and sort of rush up. And he goes, no, have you anyway, loops it over the top. For some reason, Nendruku is sort of chiming in and he Mm. chimes onto it perfectly Draws, hits Mullins. Mullins looks like he's in fast forward. Like, there is a gap on the wing, but there's not a huge space. They haven't stuffed up that bad. The Bears winger came in, but they slid, and they're not giving you that much room. And then when Mullins gets it, it looks like the pace has just gone into double speed. Like, fast forward. You've hit fast forward on the old VHS. Jesus, like, why is it press pause again? We're going to miss it. Bang! Away down there. Draws and pass. It is... It's I wrote all the Try of the Millennia. That might have been carried away when I wrote <laughs> Try of the Millennia. But I, I, nonetheless, I'll stand by it. Um, that's the try you would show them for the Raiders. And and I think maybe for people younger people who ever listen, um, the best comparison of this Raiders side is quite a bit like sort of maybe the 2019 East side where... Yeah. Yeah, they were stacked with stars, and yeah, they were good. But they were just—they played this beautiful football. It's different to how he's played. But you get—you know—you get power clubs like Melbourne that played a very grinding and methodical style of play, and you've had good Brisbane teams in the two thousands who used to wear you down and get you late and all this sort of stuff. But this team was a lot like that East side last year who were blowing teams away with just, it was almost hard to hate East last year because some of the tries they scored were just so beautiful like and such wonderful play that you couldn't help but just think this is like, I sort of don't want him to win the comp, but it's kind of nice anyway. Watching, yeah, that. it's, and, well, it's and, like it's, and, and that's it's, like this. It's just beautiful football. Like you watch it and you go, "This is just how it should be played." Like, how do you hate this? Yeah, there might be a power club
0: and have all the players, but how can you dislike this? Yeah, <laughs> that's fun. it. It's too pretty. Like it kind of, it's yeah. It's, it's like it's it's just caviar rugby league, isn't it? The way that yep. they they would yep. play, and the Roosters side of the la- of last year was like that. That they, yeah, it, it's. That, that, yeah, they've got all these good players, but they use them in such a way yes, that they, they yes. create this absolute beauty. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, we should, there's a five minute passage of the tries, like highlights. We should pop it up with the episode this week so people can see this try. Mm. It's, yeah. only about, yeah, it's just that good. Like, it,
0: it's so cool. The passing. I try, they don't do yeah. that anymore. Players don't. The timing. The timing. The skill level mm. has gone up, but those you don't see those 30 minute cutout passes anymore. Mm.
1: those passes and also just the timing of everyone running onto it though. Like Laurie's like the way Nindruku times the run onto that and the way Mullins times on Nindruku. And it's interesting on on the Matt John's podcast a few weeks ago, he was talking a bit about Tim Sheen's and that like, they used to really grumble at the Tigers and every year that he'd get to preseason training and they'd spend absolute genuinely spend six weeks where all they were doing was practicing three on twos and two on ones. Like just basic going like not even big set plays, but just stuff like two defenders, three attackers, you need to score and just doing that over and over and over and over and over because these athletes come through that have all this physicality and ability, but they don't actually, they go, Oh, that's beneath me. Of course I can draw and pass, but they often can't. And you see it a lot now. Um, and, and Sheens, I only imagine from that talk that he was doing at the Tigers as he was probably similar at the Raiders, that, that they just, a lot of the, his teams, and the Tigers were brilliant too, obviously, executed these plays, because it's almost like other teams also create these opportunities, but they botch them, they can't run on at the right time to the yeah. ball, and they can't He's draw all and the time, at yeah. the right time. Yeah, and these the two Sheens probably had two of the all-time great attacking sides, and it may be as simple as the fact that, you know, he had great players, but they, everyone in the team knew where to be and knew where to crud onto the ball and how to do these basic things that so many just don't. They really yeah. don't. No, that's it's right. It's shocking now. It's shocking. Like, centres come through. You get big, powerful guys who ran over everyone their whole life and they cannot pass to a winger. When they get to first grade and someone can tackle, they cannot hit the open winger for any money. They either pass it way too early or, or, an, or when you break the line and you got to draw the fullback. Yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. I, I can do that. It's not hard. Like, I can do that. <laughs> no like, rugby league ability at all. But you see these, like, Outstanding athletes break through and have no idea when to pass it and that stuff, And isn't it? And it's just um, Tim Sheens' mm-hmm. teams just seemed to get that right, didn't they?
0: That's it. They, uh, Yeah, they, this is just superb. And yeah. um, it's everything. It's not only everything that was good about the race, but it's the things that, that people who love football love watching. Yep. It's, you know, yep. it's this, the, the, the power and the pace. It's all the mm-hmm. things that rugby league has that other sports don't. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: um, yeah, yeah. That, that, that. Look, that's a lot. Look, I think this year to date the show a bit with twenty twenty. That's a lot. Why everyone has got so far behind Belandis' changes to the rules with with speeding up the ruck and these six again rules is that these rules have taken the game as close as it's been in 20 years to looking like that. Yeah. Um, it's not back there yet, but it's as close as it's looked to that. And that's what people wanted. They don't want slow rucks and wrestling and set plays and and and, and block playing out and, and, you know, sort of four plays, five get to your kick. This is what people wanted to see. And this is when the game was at its best. In the mid-90s, as I said to you before, is the crossover between the, the manic 80s hooking it around and athleticism coming in as yeah. professionals, And as this training. is it. And the,
0: the, the rules, the, the thing that the rules the yep. changes have done mm. uh, is rewarded this sort of thing, pace and yep. power and yep. s- spreading the ball and movement yep. and all of that stuff that, mm. uh, that has been kind of choked out of the game over the last few oh. years. The storm
1: this year have scored more tries that look like that than I've ever seen them before. Like plays where yeah. they they make a good hit up and then hit three wide to Munster who hits at O'Carr. That they, they Cameron Smith kicked in the first three tackles of a set this year for at O'Car for tries like three times. Yeah. and and they're just the, the I, like for a team that was so straight. It's just a good example because they're a good team and they played the rules the way they thought it would work. And the rule change has got them scoring not on this level, but more tries that look like that than we've seen them ever do. Um, yeah. Despite having a 38 year old running their attack that you'd think couldn't change these spots and stuff like they've totally changed for that. And that that's why people like this is we might not, it's hard. Not everyone will verbalize it that way, but what you're seeing reminds you of what you thought the best football was, which is now, like this mid nineties yeah. was the peak of attacking yeah. football. And the comp wasn't always fair or even, but the actual football looked like what we want it to look like. That's and it's it. wonderful.
0: Mm, that's fair. Um, 14-7 after Ferner kicks the goal. Ferner, having missed the previous one from in front, puts this well, one good over they from gave him the penalty.
1: They backed him to take the penalty after missing one in front, which is good too. Like down yeah, by from one, his, yeah, we'll take the two.
0: Yeah. yeah, from his kind of bogey position. Yeah, all, yeah. In, in fantasy, the alternative was to let Mal do the kicking. More on that yeah. later. Um, mm. So, Ferner, 14-7. Um, Ferner goal makes it 14-7. The next set, Ricky Stewart bursts through. Yeah. Um, mm. Uh, But the move breaks down, and suddenly it's a rampage. The the Raiders are all over them. I was going to say that
1: I think there's a period here, what I wrote was they just hit flick the switch from 14-7. Ricky goes through. Ricky puts Brad Clyde away with a beautiful short ball. Nagus makes a big um, break and admirably tries to chip kick over the fullback, um, not on the last tackle, which is just – it's just valuable. And it's just this wave after wave where you go, nah, it's done. Um, There's two things to the counter, though, that I think need to be mentioned in this period. And and one of them um, is – is Greg Florimo so, so? Greg Florimo, Greg Florimo went off in the first half injured. He was really busted, and he came back on. And this game is totally gone. Like they're, they're getting rolled through the gates of flood floodgates have opened. Call off the fight, sort of thing. And Flo just starts this mad rear guard where, with nothing doing, he makes like two or three line breaks himself by just like carting it totally against the run of the game, and just barreling through, offloading to people, stepping through, and just this admirably pointless, like <laughs> never going to work, dragging them back into the contest, like against, you you get, a, you get a sense in these sort of game of what people like. And I don't care who wins. Like when you're just not going to win or you're behind against good teams and you're busted, you get a sense. Cause there's guys that will look, a. Amy- you think you're Sean Johnson's, you know, you're Kalen Pongers at the moment, those guys that when you win by 30, they're the best player in the world. But yeah. when you're down against a top team, down by six or 12, and the game's gone, even if it doesn't work, like the guys where you go, gee, he was good. Like, they yeah. just get a sense of what people are made of. And, and he just plays this ridiculous, like, lone hand. Yeah. In, trying to drag them back in and, and just nearly does. Like, he goes through a couple of times. And, you know, who knows if he scores, whether that changes the game. But he goes through multiple times, injured, badly injured. Mm. I reckon it'd does take it... a fair bit to get him off, Flow. Like.
0: Oh, yeah. I reckon um, he... Um, he... I just wrote for one of them. It just says, it's a heroic bust um, mm-hmm. where it is. It's just there bugger And he goes, now come on. Yeah. Bang. And yep, it breaks through, it. gives it to Sears and Sears oh, <laughs> almost yeah. equally heroically, yeah. just throws it back over his head for no reason. It wasn't last Without looking. Without yeah. looking, just
1: goes hey. um, yeah. down. And- There's three Raiders around a couple of bears. And he literally yeah. just throws the ball over his own head into space. Yeah. And that, that, as you say, is equally as admirable and shows what a man's made
0: of in the right way. Um, um, Hearn, there's also um, mm-hmm. that kick, that kick that you mentioned from from uh, it's Walters who puts Nagus away down the touchline. Nagus, mm-hmm. as you say, chip and chases. Tony Hearn picks the ball up. They're on about yeah. their own ten or twenty or something. Tony yeah. Hearn picks it up and dummies to David Hall, who is <laughs> unmarked.
1: Yeah.
0: And I know that they're tw- like they're eighty metres from the goal line, but David Hall, there's no one within three postcodes of him. Mm. And he just and Tony Hurn for some reason throws the dummy and takes the mm. tackle. Um, <laughs> you just wonder like you wonder what an eighty minute breakaway try down the touchline might have done for the done for morale yeah. at yeah. Bear HQ. Um, there's another There thing. is
1: a really important yeah. moment here. Yes. Really important. Yes. Uh, you might've had it. I suspect you might've been getting to it, but Craig Wilson, my favorite interchange player of the nineties. If you didn't get around this Craig Wilson for the second time in two weeks comes off the interchange bench and chip kicks for himself early in the tackle (laughs) count. (laughs) And again, doesn't get it back. (laughs) The concept, I don't know what position he plays. I need to look into this because he's off the bench. So you can't get a good read on it, but I need to find out what position he plays because he's come on twice. The first one in the, against the Broncos was in his own half. And we really talked that up, like coming, off the interchange yeah, bench yeah, yeah. early I think in the it was, set, and chip I think kicking. it was
0: fourteen all at that point. It was really close, yeah, like a scores yep. level with ten to go or something. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, here I don't think he was in his own half, but early in the set, maybe play three, he was just gone. It's on, and gone himself. Uh, no he mention a- of Phil Blake by the commentaries, which is disappointing because i I'd mandatory to mention Phil Blake if someone ever chip kicks in any any scenario, mm. but. I just think he is might become one of my favorite players of all time very quickly because, like, the concept of bringing people in off the interchange bench and them just going early chip kicks for themselves on a weekly no, you gotta, basis. You gotta it suggests it didn't come up in the team meeting the week before. No, no, no it come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's Hero.
0: right. There's also Daly makes a really heroic save off a uh, Chris Caruana yeah, rubber yeah. after Taylor's caught mm-hmm. on last tackle. There's a real chance for North and Daly gets across mm-hmm. and swoops onto the ball. Um, the other important thing, so there is this kind of The the, This is 10 minutes of just mad helter-skelter where you think the Raiders are going to carve them up and win it. But Norths also fire a few shots. Goodness, Bears won't give it up. It's what we spoke about. They don't die. They should have got rolled. Keep in mind, so Ivan Cleary, who's playing in the centres and is a very good defender, has to go off for Chris Caruana. Caruana comes on. He's immediately busted. So Norths have both their centres off the field at this point. So in a game of 12 on 12 with a big expanse, both their centers are off, um, mm. but suddenly the Bears, which
1: leads to something in a moment. Um, with a they, they, um, I don't know what point of the game this happens to. You may have been getting to it, but they actually then David Hall gets hurt. Yeah, um, and they end up playing with eleven.
0: Well, I'll come to that.
1: All the interchanges, yeah. Well
0: I'll, yeah. I'll come to that. What happens before mm. that is that in the 58th minute, in amidst the Helter Skelter, so the Raiders after they score are all over them, mm. and look like they're going to break them open and score twice more. Then the Bears counter and start having their own go and they've got inexplicably, the Bears have got a little bit of momentum they get a penalty in front of the posts at 14-7 down and what do they do, Gazzy?
1: Take the two, your Why least favourite thing ever. Why take
0: the two? Oh, uh, I
1: don't know. Like, there's this, like, rugby league has this really meth concept of neat numbers. Like, you should go get yourself within six, get yourself within fours good. But, like, if you're behind by ten, getting yourself behind by eight's bad. You know what I mean? Like, there's it, this weird context oh. to it. And the bottom line is, like, I'll put it to you, that whenever you are a behind in the game, you know, and you need to score in like two times Like you need yeah. if you, Like you need to score twice No matter what you do That if one of them Is going to be a penalty You're sort of better off Getting the bulk first Out of the way Like if you're behind By, by eight or set Like seven you're going to need to score twice. Get the fucking six first. Oh. Don't worry about the two because you're going to need to score twice and you're down in the 20 meter zone. Now, what you don't, what, you, what I can't guarantee you as watching a game, and any, if I'm coaching, what I can't guarantee is that we'll end up in the 20 with six tackles again.
0: In front of the you post. I mean? There you are, boys. Yeah. Keep so it so 12 twenty. On, there's, there's, 12 yeah. on 12, Gaz. There's, f- there's yeah. space all over the field. If you, short, if you can get a
1: Yeah. That's what I mean. There's 20 minutes to go in the game. I actually can't guarantee you you will get back down there and have six tackles in the no. 20. But what I can guarantee you is you've got them now. And if you get that, you'll be oh. only... A player. And you know, the other thing that's worth noting, it's particularly important, is when they say you've got to score twice, yes, that's true. But when it's seven and you've got Jason Taylor who's nailed one halfway from the sideline, is you can you don't need a penalty or a try to get the seventh. You act, Jason Taylor can kick a field goal. If you If you yeah. score now and get six of them, it's very likely that if you can get back anywhere within 40 metres... Like, you know, if you say you don't score again and there's suddenly five minutes left, you've only got to get in there half and Jason Taylor's even money to even that game up
0: again. Oh, you,
1: know, you know what I mean? It's like sickening. There's, I was watching what he was doing. Just with it being seven, it brings in particular things like that where it's I not even where you go, oh, well, we've got to, we're within a try now. No, it's score a try and we're Jason Taylor's boot away from, from tying this if you we can't what? get points.
0: Oh, you know what really bothers me about this? I hate penalty goals at the best of times. They're just mm. defeatist rubbish. But... Mm. Like, in all but about 5% of circumstances, they're, they're defeatism. And this, the thing about this is that it's 14-7. If you've just watched the last 10 minutes of this game, the mm. Raiders are going to score again. They're not done. Yeah. It's 12-on-12. 12 12. They've got Mullins, mm. Nadruku, Nagus, Daly, Stewart, Maniga. you know, Wiki. They're not, mm. they're not done with 14 points in a 12-on-12 12 12 mm. with 20 minutes to go with everybody getting tired. They're like... Mm. You're not going to win it with 15. No. You have to score.
1: That's right. And I think the other thing is that, particularly with 12 on 12, like rugby league teams make this mistake all the time. And I watch it a lot now is that a team's got the ball and it's been a fast game and they slow it down and take the kick for touch really slowly or they take the two or whatever to give themselves a rest. And you're like, mate, if you're fucking tired, they're tired and you've got the ball. Yeah. You know, maybe coming off your line, slow it down, sure, take a breather. But like, if you like on the attack, they take a uh, have a mother's meeting and then tap it or they kick the goal and you're going, yeah, you're tired, but what about them? And Norse in this situation, it's been a hard, helter skelter 10 minutes, but you're the ones with the ball who've gone and pressed downfield, got them on the ropes. If you're blowing, they're blowing and you've got the ball. Like, this is where you get you know, the inexplicable mistakes you see if you watch rugby league enough usually happen when people are tired. Like the dumb stuff that happens in the game doesn't tend to happen in the second minute. So you can get someone running out of the line and misreading something or, you know, something can go wrong if you're down there and you press them. And, you know, I know a lot of people take the twos, but I've just personally never, ever believed it. Um, Sure, if a game was tied, take the two, whatever. Like, I know you point the Raiders will score again, but whatever, it's a different scenario. But when you've got to score twice, score the big lot.
0: Yeah. Don't worry about it and
1: like, by all means. Take the two of you down by one
0: or this kick puts them five. This kick mm. puts them five behind. Yeah, so, you
1: still it's, a try, still <laughs> might not do it. Yeah, so, <laughs> so a try still might not do yeah. it.
0: And also, yeah. like if the Raiders get down there and bang another, the, the Raiders have kicked two yeah. penalty goals in this game. If they kick another one, you're back where you started. You've got this prime opportunity, and within five minutes, it's all over. Like a, yeah. you're, you're back to back to zero. A, yeah, 100%. A, it's, a, it's a shocker and it, it's mm. sickening the Bears could have scored here and they could have been 14-11 and then 14-13 mm. with 20 score, to go yeah.
1: i know it is it's good as
0: it? i love i love mm. odd odd scores uh, especially when you're behind and sure enough so they kick the goal to go 14-9 mm. uh, and a couple of minutes later it, it's incredible D- david hall runs the ball out i've got a real fondness for david Me hall too. From having yeah. watched him a few times because he's mm. a real um yeah He's just pure bears. He's a real tryout. He's a wonderful yep. kind of, yep. um, a bit of pace and really old style mm. winger that you don't have anymore. No, nobody built like yep. him who looks like him plays on the wing in first grade anymore, but mm. he, but he was always on the end of the line, did his job. He's a really good player yep. and he gets absolutely battered by Jason Croker and Noah Nendruku.
1: Mm. It's a shot, isn't it? Yeah, he just cross.
0: gets thumped. It's a jolting and mm. jarring shot. Um, and he's he's on the deck. He's in a lot of trouble. He appears mm. to have busted his shoulder. Um, and he is carted off. And I suspect mm. that it was only when they carted him off that they realized, mm. oh, hang on, we've used all our interchanges. Yeah. And so it, it, it just, I think it's just complex it's, of events, isn't it? Because yeah, like, because clearly has gone off, and caruana has yep. gone off, um, and Larson's gone off. Flow went
1: off. Flow, flow went off, and back on. So you've gone flow back off and on. Both the centers went off, and then you're probably rotating the forwards a little bit quicker with, with um, you know, one missing, and it just yeah. everything went wrong, and then bang. You know, like you're yeah. playing with eleven players all of a sudden against the Raiders, twelve and eleven. Uh, one thing about Hall, very funny. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, it, it's, I thought it was really endearing. And they kept talking about how he never misses a training session. He heads up from his accounting job and drives an hour to Bears training after working as an accountant. Um, yeah, during but the he week.
0: Was, but they said he lives at he lived at Woy Woy. Yeah. Worked, yeah, yeah, at yeah. Par, worked at Parramatta and would go Woy, Woy to Coast Parramatta to yeah, work. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's right. And then and then would have to go from Parramatta to North's training sometimes twice a day.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's doing that. And just keep like, at this point, Mal Meninga's on like 100 grand, like over 100 grand to play centers. Like, I think in the oh, 80s, he's yeah, yeah. on 100 grand. So he's probably on double that now. He's making like, you know, even, I know obviously it explodes later, but good coin by anyone's standard. Yeah. And like the like the guy on the other side on the end of the other back lines, like, you know, like driving from the central coast to go to, to work as an accountant and then topping off to Bears training. Yeah. You know, it's just it's, it's, it's from, a weird
0: time in the game. yeah. Have you ever driven from Parramatta to North Sydney? No, I don't have any no, intention to. No, do that. I Different wouldn't do. Parramatta's bad enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so he goes down. They only—they re- seem to only realize. Then you have this scene of Bears officials sort of bickering with the league on the sideline, <laughs> trying to work out what they can do because the the number that they used was six replacements. They used all six of their replacements. Um, so that—that's all going on. And while that's it, so, the Bears have gone from... That's a
1: great error, that, because we saw it happen in the tied Grand Finals where, like, they'd start running up to New South Wales officials for a determination of what the I process know. was, now that it was tied, And it's very... It's good to know that hadn't died yet, like, mid-game we're out yeah. of interchanges, but if we just mob whatever New South Wales official yeah. is here, we might be able to get a ruling, like, yeah, yeah. in the next minute, saying, "No, nah, get him on. Nah, it's all Send good. a reserve like, on, you'll be right.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's... a way to get it done, isn't it? I know. But think about the position for the Bears now, that they've gone from... Yeah. Behind, like having a man advantage to having a man, one man disadvantage in the space of about 35 minutes.
1: With a one man disadvantage with two both their centres off the field and their five eight sort of limping back on. Yeah. Fairly busted. So and they Flo, went from, well, we should have mentioned that in the first half. When it went from one up, not flow goes off not long after. So it goes yeah. from one up to twelve on twelve with your best player or your, your inspirational leader off the field. And then yeah. your centres both go off, he's limp flow's limping around, your winger gets carted off.
0: <laughs> it's just astonishing, It's astonishing. And, it's a story. A story. and,
1: and uh, most of that's not their fault. The last thing no. aside, none of that's avoidable. People could just get hurt. But that's it. like in any game. If now, if you're playing a semi-final now, and I yeah. said, to you, both your centers went off. Your five-eight missed twenty minutes and came back on limping, and then your winger got carried off." You'd be saying that's horrendously unlucky. Yes, yeah. like that's just like that. That's once in twenty years. Like that many players going off the field. Like like in the positions that don't go off. Like just losing. Half your yeah, back
0: positions that are really hard to replace, and you know, you, yeah, and, and mistakes get made when people get yeah. stuck out in the centers and stuff. For yeah, the, the yeah. you might carry quality.
1: one guy who could float into the centers on your interchange bench, yeah. but not sort of both centers and your winger not and three, your five eight.
0: Yeah. It's, it's starting to be a problem. And this is so, even after that, hmm. they still need to be unlucky to concede again. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. Mel breaks through out on that edge with David Hall off the field. So there's an inch with no winger. They've got 11 on 12. Mal goes past Jason Taylor and slices through. He gets dragged down as he's trying to pass, bobbles the ball, and then just bats it back blindly. Mm. And where does it land? With
1: them, unfortunately. Straight
0: in the arms of Ken Nagus, who falls over the line and scores.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it is very unlucky. I, it's you mentioned that I wrote typical bears. I just thought so I said because I said what happens? Firstly, Ricky Stewart again, just God's country, just puts Mal in a gaping hole beautifully like that. Yeah. So just that hold up, like he goes into the line, holds it up, and it hits a guy coming onto it who doesn't get touched. That's sort of that's your rugby league porn when you watch the best halfbacks ever, <laughs> yeah. all their highlights like John's um, Thurston um, Stewart. When you go and watch their highlights, it, they sort of look fun, in a funny way not exciting because it's just them going into the line, passing to someone who then scores un touched. Like in a a gap, it's that the great players do that. And the ones that aren't great pass it to someone who's got two people in front of them and they get tackled. Like it's that sense of knowing the timing and it's a beautiful pass. Mel goes through, but the reason this is typical bears, not only, not only does he bobble it back. I think what needs mentioning is that Matt Sears just comes across like a cannon on the Australian captain, a man who's now an immortal and a man who is, whether you think he should be immortal, not is about 150 kilograms of just power. Like he's this huge man, he's big as anyone who's ever played in the back line ever. And he's a meter out from the try line and little Matt Sears has flown across in cover. They're playing 12 and 11 and just built it into him to tackle him. Mm. And, and as Mel's sort of bobbling it, he's cannon into him, he's forced it loose up in the air. It's bounced off of Mel's shoulder or something. Could have easily hit a bear or something. Doesn't. And then as you say, Mel's just got enough to bat it backwards and they score. So it's like, it's incredibly good play by Sears. Like a man down scrambling out wide, throws his body at Mel like a metre out, who should just really just roll over anyone in that position and probably did yeah. a hundred times, and forces it loose. And inexplicably, they still score by a bobble that then goes back. Firstly, then gets batted back, and then yeah. there's three bears around, but lands in the Raiders winger who scores. So they just did everything right and just got yeah. nothing. Nothing happened for them. Fatty really helpfully really talks up Mal for the try, which really bothered me because he sort of went through a gaping hole off a beautiful path, bobbled it, knocked it on and sort of tapped it backwards. And I sort of didn't think it was his finest. So I don't think it will make his career highlights personally. But But Fatty really talks it up. Oh, the Australian captain, the experience, oh, he's come good at the. Right, Martin, uh, it, it, go, wasn't, I, it wasn't my. It time. reminded me of Cameron Smith stuff these days. Like oh, Cameron yeah. Smith passed it from a dummy half to someone, and they scored out wide. Oh, what about the what about the control? Like, it, yeah, sometimes the old just, master. Not,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, not that they're not good players, but there's this sense sometimes you're waiting for big names to do anything, and then you fill in the blanks. You know, like mm. this was what you would call. If the, if the Bears scored this, it'd be a really scrappy try. Like, oh, it's really good scrapping, and they just kept working for it. But now yeah. it's this art, clever art form of of, of bobbling and knocking on. Um, but yeah, look at It's just it sucked. I was really I was really unhappy with it because I just thought Sears deserved
0: something for really putting that shot
1: on no putting the, sack on the dry on. line. Yeah, yeah,
0: uh, and then. A, a little what the Bears actually get a go down there. They get down the other end mm. with 11 on 12 and come quite close to scoring. Um, yeah. And then David Hall comes back on. Now, hero. Like, it's if just, you didn't love him before. Oh yeah. my God. So, yeah. so he's off for about six minutes. I'm pretty mm. sure that he's like his shoulder is the, the word I had was uh, his shoulder is rooted. Um, yeah. But I, th- I, did, I didn't see anything in his time on the field to, to dissuade me of that. Um, no. He's completely shot to pieces, um, and comes back on absolute mad heroism. You can, you know, like, um, and not only comes back on, but in a minute makes an incredible cover tackle to save a try, which I'll get to. But before that, um, Mullins scores in the sixty seventh minute. This is again, this is a beautiful pass. Goodness me. this is sex. Like, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. That they're all... Everybody's looking wide because they're a man down out wide. And Stuart... Or not because they're not a man down anymore, but they've got David Hawley out on the wing with a bone shoulder. Everybody's looking wide. And Stuart throws this flick pass back across, the, across his back to Brett Mullins, who runs through what I think Peter Sterling described as Sydney heads. Like, it just opens up as mm. wide as you like. Him to stroll through and score that 's a beautiful bit of play from Ricky Stewart
1: oh, it is it is um, he, he looking looking wide and then just this flick behind his back everything 's going out, looking out, playing out, bang, flick behind his back to a man on the inside who hits it at a pace um, it 's just sex it is so good that 's just oh wow like, that 's just unbelievable for all his kicking and all his spiral part like this, like to have the trick shots on top of that is just special, you know like because yeah. he had all the. Yeah, he had the long pass, the organizing, the kicking, but then these sort of, this is just bag of trick stuff. And it's just absolutely beautiful. Like it, it, Oh, it's fantastic. You know, it was a bit like it was, it was, it's not quite the same, but like, if you're trying to, if someone doesn't watch it, it was a little bit like, like Joey Le lewis one in the prelim. The other oh, day yeah. one, yeah, we yeah. flipped it to Bateman where you just go on a cross field and it's like in a big game and it's just a trick shot. I flip behind your back.
0: Yeah. Where'd come from?
1: Yeah. 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 And it, it's just, it, it's just fantastic. We can't go on about him enough. Really? It, what do you say? I will say one thing though, is that Peter Sterling freezes it here, um, freezes yeah. it there on this one. Yeah. And it's an absolute belter because there's a gap that's about 20 metres wide and his arrow and I'll put this one up because I screenshot of it cause- Absolute top five. It just There's barely a player on the screen. That's how wide the gap is. And, and Sturlo pauses it, does this big circle around Mullins and just draws this fuck off giant arrow from Mullins <laughs> to the try line, which very aptly describes what happens. Mullins catches it and just runs where that arrow is <laughs> through the giant yeah. hole. If we
0: freeze it there, and you can It's 10 minutes
1: out too, we should add. It's 10 minutes out from try. Yeah. So there's nowhere ever to run. And if we freeze it there, you can see that there's no defenders anywhere yeah. and that Brett Mullins is going to just sort of run... <laughs> Running a straight line. oh, It's um, a ripper. It's a real top five on that one.
0: Yeah. It's As far as phrase it there, yeah, it is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. great. Well, try,
1: try might be too, actually. Though. And,
0: and again, we're not done with the try because mm, for the yeah. second time in the game, we are blessed. Uh, mm. And this time it's by uh, it's by Mel Meninger, the Australian captain, who does something even funnier than missing from in front. He hits the post from in front.
1: Well, it's hard to do.
0: It is. <laughs> and I love it because it it makes such a good noise and it's an unexpected, yeah. it yeah. makes this real rasping sound that is very unexpected when you see a goal mm. kick from that distance. Mm. And because they're so close to the post, when they kick from in front, it really slams the post, you know, yep. it's yep. beautiful.
1: It, it, it's special because it's, I think it's easier to miss altogether because if I'm kicking a goal, mm. I could just spray it like it could hit the outside yeah. of my boot and go 10 meters wide. Or I could just like, even the Kieran forum one he hit the wrong part of the ball. Cause he duffed it. So it goes yeah. under, but it takes something special to have that <laughs> wide of a target and hit it from in front. Cause you vaguely kicked it correctly, just completely missed your, your aim. Like yeah. you, you, you can miss hit something and it goes wide, but you have to basically aim near the post, but for some reason straight as a die, Hit one of them. It's just hard to do. It's really but, uh, difficult to do that from there. It was It'd be brilliant. easier to shank it. It, it no, was, yeah. and he is the worst goal kicker. <laughs> I have terrible. no idea why he ever tried to kick goals because I've watched him in heaps of games now. He was absolutely atrocious. Like stinks. Should not have been allowed anywhere near kicking for goals. I've never seen anyone worse at it. And I've, we've watched older games when they weren't good, but they were still better than Mal. And look. I'm no expert, but David Verner was all right, albeit he missed in front. But, like, if you had to have someone fill in, I, I've never seen Ricky Stewart kick at goals, but how bad could he have been? Like, he just can't have been worse than Mal. Like, Laurie Daly, like, they just can't have been worse. No. You know, like, there's no basis for Mal kicking. He's no good. No, he's stunk. Wonderful, wonderful career he's had and everything else. couldn't time... kick goals.
0: This is the second time we've seen him do this. He misses one from in front yeah. in the olsen Filipina game. I'm pretty sure.
1: Easily could have lost because of that, yeah. Like, he missed a shocker, yeah. He missed a couple of real stinkers, yeah. Yeah, in nearly every game you've watched, Mal has completely shanked something from at least 10 metres either side of the goalpost, and he gave us something special here. But, yeah, it's just that everyone needs to understand that Mal Meninga is the worst kicker to ever play in the NRL and kick regularly. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, toe poking in that era too is special, by the um, way. Yeah, it is. Like Daryl Halligan's halfway through his career, as is Jason Taylor, and you've got Mal toe poking.
0: Still in, in, yeah. in preliminary finals. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, great scenes off the kickoff. This is incredible, the sequence after this try. Mm. North's kickoff sadly spurned the short kickoff, which I suppose wasn't in vogue in this era. They bang it down to Mullins, who spills it clean off his chest, just bounces off. Ken Nagus, who noses in front of him, picks it up anyway. Yeah, gives good. away the yeah. penalty 10 in front. And then Mark Soden, in trying to take the tap, knocks it on.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> Don't see enough of that.
0: So, so Canberra end up getting a scrum 10 out sort of where they would have been anyway. Then there is a miracle tackle from David Hall. There's a sequence of play in front of the post for, uh, in, about 10 out from Canberra. Jason Deeth runs through a gap about as big as the one Mullins has run through. God, it was mm. good to see a young Jason Deeth. Doctor um, Deeth, Dr. Oh, oh, Dr. that's Deeth, special.
1: Yeah. I didn't remember him playing for sort of the best club side ever. And uh, it was good to, to see <laughs> yeah, streaks yeah. through.
0: And David Hall, with one shoulder, comes from nowhere and just grasses him about a yard yeah. out. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, he seems to score. catch the Deeth too. In well, this of, is it. Uh, space, uh, yeah. yeah, especially in his youth. Um, every, but but not only the fact that he makes the tackle, but the fact that he ch- just chases that hard. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, It's not going to change anything. The 13 Game's behind tend to go. His shoulder's rooted. And he just mm. comes across and grasses him anyway and puts in every bit of effort that it would have taken to get there. Um, yeah, it's wonderful. And then there's a great bombed try uh, which involves Quinton Pongia being set loose on the try line and being jolted to a halt by Matt Sears. It's the second great cover tackle by Matt Sears, who then like hoiks mm. it out the back and it all comes to nothing. Uh, and finally, in the 80th minute, And this is like tragic comedy. The the Bears take an intercept about 20 out from the line. David Hall again, to keep in mind, not to repeat myself, but his shoulder's busted. He gets tackled with the ball. And off the next play, looks up, no marker, taps and goes. Yeah. Does the old tap and go, which should should come back. Why has he done that, given his condition? (laughs) Throws a pass. And then off the next play, they spread. There's a beautiful pass to David Hall who scores untouched. Everybody says, Oh, consolation try. They put the score up on the screen, 22 13. And finally, someone twigs that uh, McCallum's called it back for a forward pass. And it wasn't. they take it off him. You rewatched no, it, it? Yeah, it. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a forward, forward pass at all. all.
1: It's like, a terrible call. Is, it is. Like, this bloke deserved that try. It was a try, man. <laughs> like, he just deserved the try, didn't he? Like, for that that game. And was, it's one of those ones where it was near the 10 metre line, so you can watch the line and, like, it sort of takes a lot of guesswork out of the full pass. Like when you watch the replay, you're like, well, he throws it from the line and catches it behind the line, and was him forward. <laughs> it's just yeah. not. But um, it, it, it's, he just deserved to score. Like this sucks, isn't it? Like there's no, yeah, you know, like after everything he went through, give
0: him the consolation try for Christ's sake. Um, the other thing about Dave yeah. Hall, just, to, just one more point, is that mm. he then went to South, so he finished at North after yeah. 97. He then went to the Bunnies and played a year with them in 98. Well, that's the time yeah. to get on.
1: Yeah. Well, this like is if it. you're a gambling yeah. man, it's like the it's share
0: market. You go, well, this is the time yeah. to get on. One origin, yeah. though, in 1995. Um, Did he? Yeah. He's a king amongst oh, two. Wonderful. England. So he should have, because he, he was selected. Was a really good player. He, was. he was. He was selected to replace John Hopperwaddy on the wing for New South Wales in game three of 95. Like um, for like. Yeah. It's a this isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's really good. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I think,
1: sort of, um, one yeah. thing that, that that struck me. I guess we spoke, a, I was just going to say that like Dr. Deeth, I was going to bring up, but I found he was an odd person having that team. Yeah. I think the other one, and I didn't realize, I guess, cause we were quite young then. So Croker scored all those tries and was really hyped up for the kangaroo tour and stuff. It's funny. Yeah. Cause like that's, it seems too early. Like, picturing him playing with Mal Meninga just isn't what I picture because he was around forever. Like he was a real, like a a Kurt Gidley figure in their bad teams. Like that really like putting in every week, filling multiple holes and like every week you'd go, geez, he had another dig this week and got it done. But like in the second row and stuff in the second row. And then at five, eight, when they needed it, lock forward, like shifting around, but then to see him sort of out, like, you know, filling in the backs and stuff and doing all that kind of thing for like the sort of goat camera side just felt like, as it you know? I guess we just missed it, but it sort of fell out of time with when he played, didn't it? Like in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah, it
0: does. You I sort like seeing up. Mal
1: Meninga play with Alan Tongue or something. Like it just feel totally off. Like it really well, rattled me. Here's yeah. something for you.
0: Somebody mm. who played in the 1994 Raiders side mm. also ended up finished his he finished his career with the Catalan Dragons. Mm. who were about sort of 10 years away from existing at the point he was playing in this
1: game. (laughs) Did he play 300 games? He must play a lot.
0: 318 games. Yeah. Started in 91 to 06. Yeah.
1: See, see, I just didn't know he was that early, but he's a pretty good Mm. player. He played a Mm. He's a really... He's one of those guys, I think, the... um, not sort of the bandwagoners up the milk stuff you get now, but like the proper Canberra fans, like the proper yeah. diehards that they've been on for a long time are really fond of him. Probably like, yeah. it's probably a bit similar to going up to Newcastle people and they will sort of really, there'll be a lot of them will really be on a, on a Kirk. He's probably better than Kirk Gidley, but like there'll yeah. be, yeah, there's Knights nice fans who in 20 years will still talk about how much Kirk Gidley, dug in in bad teams and did all this stuff. And Croak is probably a bit similar. He was the only rep player. Those 2000s, he was making those rep teams on the bench as the utility and digging in and the team was crap, but he was still good and did whatever he needed. There's probably a bit of a similar vibe where the, the hardcores are really fond of him.
0: Well, gloriously, he, uh, he did play for it. He did play tests for Australia, but not until the year 2000. Yeah. Played in the mm. World Cup in 2000. He was,
1: yeah. he was really hyped to make the Kangaroo Tour in 94 as a utility. And I don't think he did. Um, he might have made it and not play, but I think he didn't make it at all in the end. But they were really talking it up. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. You win the comp, you tend to get those pathway calls and stuff. Like you always get yeah. some bolters and stuff. But it was a very good team. It's not surprising he didn't make it. They had a fantastic team. Um, the 94 Kangaroos They're phenomenal
0: oh, now um, Here's something you'll enjoy Just on the subject yeah. of Croker He played until he was 36 um, In the Super yeah. League yeah. He is regarded fondly By many Catalan Dragons fans For an audacious drop goal Scored in a 29-22 win Over Bradford Bulls At Odsall in March 2007 there you go. Was that to go from twenty eight up? Does that add the, add the oh, yes, I, I assume so. Mark Glanville style. Yeah, I'd say that's probably. He you also he, as one. he also then went and captain coach Gun Couldn't get enough football. Thirty six went Hell back to yeah. play for Gun <laughs> It was really
1: odd. <laughs> did he? Did he play? Um, was he too early to uh, be in the um, Exiles? Was he? too early for the exiles
0: i think he might have been too, might be a bit early might be a bit early for the exiles yeah unfortunately yeah
1: you um, would have liked to see him play with chad randall
0: well absolutely what a, <laughs> that would have been you'd love to see what they've done in, in tandem yeah, yeah
1: yeah, that's right um i think just the last two things i just wanted to say they're, they're very brief but i, I just think uh, when you see people that aren't well remembered or have a good game it's got to yeah. be noted two players um Firstly, Hetherington, yeah. um, father of Jack Hetherington, seemingly a bit less mad than Jack Hetherington. He had a stormer. He had an absolute yeah. stormer. He was fantastic. He looks a lot like him. It was very um, harrowing seeing someone that looks that like, much like Jack Hetherington. Um, <laughs> like, he did, like I don't think he's adopted. It was stunningly how much he looks like him. But he, he was real raw-boned and hard-running, and he made a lot of dents on them in the edges and got a few offloads away for breaks. And he... he I'd, for a boat who's playing on the bench in a team that when you go, Oh, the Raiders, they had X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. He had a stormer in a final in a close yep. final for most of it. Um, and Wesley, Wesley, David Wesley had a really good game as well. They had two, like sort of two guys that people won't think of in that team at all. That um, were really, really good on the day. And Hetherington in particular was dynamic, like that wide running, your typical sort of raw bone, wide running edge, just powering through and causing havoc. And he really did that. Like for a guy coming off the bench, in that team, it was in down a forward had a really really good game. When people have that, it's important we note it because absolutely part you know, of the project, and that's mm-hmm. how we, we increase the history and knowledge out there in the community.
0: Well, this is it. It's a it's a process of historical revisionism and and historic, yeah. like filling in the gaps of history in the world of rugby yeah. league. Uh, exactly and that right. is our that's our that's our solemn vow to you, listeners of the Rugby League Cemetery. Now, uh, friends and comrades, uh, thank you for thank you for joining us on this journey through. I I think as you'd have to one of the more bizarre like this this falls into it, it might be regarded as a classic, but I think it just mostly mm. is regarded just bizarre. Like it's just an oddity mm. for a game of this profile to have, to have gone yeah. this way, two send offs, you know.
1: Um, well, I think it's an oddity. It's a bizarre oddity with the upside of having some champagne football in it. That's the thing is yeah. that you get, you have odd games, you have double binnings, you have these weird things, but it's very rare for it to combine into also being yeah. a stunning, like having this stunning football played in between. So it just has a bit of everything. Yeah. Plus of course, two misses from in front of the post by different goal kickers on the same team. Well,
0: that's, that's, um, that's, that's gravy. <laughs> isn't isn't
1: yeah, it is. Yeah. So it's just sort of got, Everything like the good football just adds to the whole mess of what happened, and yeah, look overall wonderful game. If you're only going to watch a few of what we've done, I'd, I'd put this on your shortlist unless you go yeah. to the Bears.
0: Yeah, um, I think that's probably fair. Um, Bears fans, look, I'm sorry for doing this. I don't I think that'll be it now. I think I think I don't I think we've done all the kind of the worst Bears losses from the 90s. I'm hoping that it won't be all mm-hmm. upside from here. We'll try and pick a cute, a, a color Bears wins or something. Um, it'd be good. I'm really sorry to if you've if you've got this far. I congratulate you, and uh, we're not trying to hurt you, and um, we love the bears. And I think I hope that comes out through the through through our through our discussions of these games. Now, the well, plan for, for it you... was very
1: bear centric for, a, for <laughs> a bear's loss. Right. So,
0: apologise to Raiders
1: fans too. For the 94, 94, we, we will Raiders. do the grand final. Mm. Yeah, we, we, will we, will do. Do, we will do the grand final. We'll possibly also do the one they lost the week before, but we'll do the grand final at some point and we're going to look for a game I, I, where they beat Brisbane around this era. And I yeah. think there's a 93 one that gets right a recommendation. So we will have some very admiring um, mid 90s Raiders games to come. And to be fair, you have won quite a few of the ones we've put on already. That's so. right. That's
0: <laughs> right um that's it now what's going to happen from here we're, uh, we're in the off season of course if you're listening in real time uh this is we're, we're in november so it's all uh, there's no football for a few months we are going to try and fill the gap for people i know there'll be people at home thinking what the hell am i going to do until march when the season kicks off uh, May. Strong, yeah you for example you'll be thinking that um strongly encourage you to go back and watch old football um, as a way to fill the gap. And, and when you're done watching old football, jump onto this podcast and listen to us yammer on about it. Uh, we'll, put some, uh, we'll put the links to the games up on the Facebook through the, uh, as we do them. But we, we reckon we'll be able to do a, a full-length pod every couple of weeks. And we're going to do a, a few bring-out-your-dads as well. A bit of a discussion of old players who we remember very fondly or we hated or whatever. Um, so there's going to be plenty to keep us occupied over the summer break. And hopefully that'll be enough to keep you occupied at home over the summer break, filling the gap of rugby league. That is a, it, you know, the off season is a yearning chasm in our lives. Uh, and we yeah. all have to do our it's bit awful. to fill it. It is, it stinks. But yeah. It's
1: awful. Yeah. yeah. Um, Total loss of identity and purpose. That's right. What am I? I, wake up, on a, I,
0: <laughs> I wake up on a Saturday morning. So yeah. what am I doing? Well, Why we'll bother? What, well, yeah, yeah. What's the point? Yeah. I might as well exactly get back to right work. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so there you have it listeners I hope you've enjoyed it Gazzy any final comments any final thoughts thank you very much Jerry Springer
1: not really just a wonderful game Uh, love the Bears love the 94 Raiders fantastic watch it um Let's have a look. We should, if anyone's got some origin recommendations, we're in the middle of a really bad origin series. We might look to do one of those before that's over. So if someone's yeah. got a suggestion of something much better than the current origin, we might even watch it on Wednesday night at 8.30 if they yeah. watch an origin. something to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. That's
0: right. Yeah, All so
1: right. Hit us up if you've got any classic origins and uh,
0: we'll do another one soon. Happy days. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Gazzy. Until next time, it's Morgan Kendall and Luke Garrity signing off from the Rugby League Cemetery. Don't know that they would
1: have held Canberra for six tackles given the situation that led up to it. Oh Moore, Moore taken around the nose by Lomax. And Billy Moore is face down. Lomax is being called out Canberra. He's McCamber. gone. He's on. He's sent him off.
0: John Lomax has been sent off. Dramatically, because Lomax was their chief. Carter upper, up, and he was doing it very well. All those yards up the middle, there's a spear tackle now. McCallum's ruling on this one as well. Looks like Bernard, the man who's been piled over into the uh, turf. The be interesting to see whether it was Gary Larson or Tony Turn, It was Gary Larson. The referee has seen most responsible. He sent him off. Larson has gone.